1: Death
2: Again, for coming to Bard's Logic, political talk, part of the grassroots conservative conversation. And missed everyone last week. I actually had my brother up from Florida. We were working on uh, the bathroom, some of that water damage (laughs) that we were experiencing. But uh, now just kind of um, uh, clean up, fix up, little things here and there to get ready for uh, Thanksgiving weekend, which uh, we unfortunately will not be having a show Next week, uh, it is uh, my birthday, which is great. Uh, but even greater is that it is the day before Thanksgiving, so I will be spending time getting ready for my family to come over uh, to uh, celebrate uh, Thanksgiving. And so, uh, of course, want to wish a happy Thanksgiving to you and yours and everyone uh, in the listening audience. And let me tell you, I'm uh, concerned that we're not going to have enough time for all the material and discussion we could have tonight. Uh, boy, I got a lot of audio that I'm going to play, and you know, articles, and just of course with all the going around, with when I'm calling, it might not be me, but who knows? Maybe um, I am the first uh, one to say it. We will we'll hear this coming out where it's the political theater, and of course, I, I may not be the, the first or only person calling it political theater, uh, but that's we'll see how more, how you know, more often we'll hear the phrase because you know, sometimes that happens, you know, from you know, from Bard's logic. But anyway. Man, we got a lot to talk about tonight. And I personally think that the Democrats aren't in as good a position as I think they would have hoped uh, they would have been in uh, since they started this, uh, this play, as I would call it. Uh, again, just going off of some social media, it's still kind of half and half, you know, but I do see a real strong showing for uh, those, you know, saying we know this is BS and maybe even be stronger uh but we 'll see uh one way to get a good gauge of that is not just not to follow the Republicans you know on Twitter, but actually follow the Democrats like uh, Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi you know and some others uh and, and seeing what they're putting out there, you know Kamala Harris and seeing how many people are actually uh you know reaching out to them and contesting uh and challenging you know some of the things that they're saying uh so you know the more people, you know, seeing doing that, it is giving me a sense of like, okay, they're not – and the Democrats and the complicit media uh, are not uh, taking – you know, not running away with this thing. I don't think they're running away from it. I mean, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are, who are believing it, but they're they're, they're not running away uh, away with it. And so as I mentioned, you know, I do have plenty of, uh, of audio tonight. Some of those will be clips uh, that we heard. um you know some of the testimony questioning, you know, from you know Elisa Defanton. I never heard of, you know some of these people until this. Uh, John Radcliffe, Nunes, of course, Jim Jordan, Mike Turner, um, and I tell you what, they've got some really great lines of questioning that really make some of these people look stupid. Uh, not stupid. I mean, I don't want to say stupid, but you know, really contradictory and things of that nature. And, and actually, the last clip that I put together tonight, and and please in the chat. uh, you know, let me know if if the if the audio's not coming out, uh, and then I can, uh, you know, let you know or or flip me a message or whatever, and let me know. But we got plenty of that. We got you know articles, uh, you know, things of that nature that I want to make you know comment on. And the first one is we'll uh, I got an audio, and we have you know plenty of those. So again, if if you're not hearing it well, uh, just let me know, and I'll see what I could do with the. Um, do with the audio but first uh what we got coming up here um and again you can see these videos um these videos are going to be coming from the uh, bard's logic Political talk newsroom uh, at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com uh you know, check that out i do got to do some updating on it uh with the um you know with our recent guest we had you know a couple of weeks ago uh but you know the first video I wanna play is i i think really hard hitting and this was uh from someone one of the people I said, yeah you know no haven't really heard much uh, about before, and so you know again uh, and one thing i i think it's gonna be a really important aspect of the show to uh the you know the show tonight and these shows tonight is that you know all these things are archived okay, all these shows are archived, so you know. Put you know, share it out on your you know on your Twitter feeds and your also your email you know the link for people to hear that. I mean they've probably heard the clips, but not maybe all the com- you know commentary and things of that nature. And I I think it's going to be important to share things with your uh, you know not quite liberals because I don't think we're going to be able to convince any liberals. I think there was even an article today. Now this is based off a poll, and I, I don't have a lot of faith in polls. And you know, saying that with 65 percent of people have already made up their mind, you know. On on the this whole impeachment uh, hearings and deals anyway, so I mean I didn't read the article I'm just going off of the headline I see and again the reason why I didn't really read it is because it's based off of a poll and and I really don't take stock in a lot of polls I mean I think just polls by anybody you know it could be you know more easily manipulated or not very scientific I mean you get maybe a flavor but I don't know uh, but anyway so the first one again is from uh, Mike Turner. And you know, again, you know, pretty powerful, uh, you know, questioning of uh, Ambassador Sullen. And you know, we'll uh, we'll get that one first because I think it's a you know great way to set the tone
3: uh, for you know tonight's show. And so let me go ahead and get that uh, keyed up for us.
4: Mr. Turner, Ambassador Sunlin, I I want to walk through some of the portions of your testimony because sometimes you seem to make direct connections and sometimes they seem to be dead ends. I kind of want to clear up what are the dead ends and what are the direct connections. Yesterday, Ambassador Volcker, who I consider to be very talented and a man of integrity, and I, I believe you think he's a man of integrity, correct? I do. He testified that the President of the United States did not tie either a meeting with the president, a phone call, or any aid to investigations of Burisma 2016 or um, the Bidens, that, they were, that the president did not do that. And you testified that the president did not tell you that he tied them either, Correct. Uh, I did testify to that, although when Ambassador Volker and I were working uh, on the statement and negotiating with the Ukrainians, it was clear to Ambassador Volker that a meeting would not happen without the Burisma in 2016. That was very clear to Ambassador Volker. And, and how do you know that? What did he say to you? Because he says that was not clear to him. In fact, he says that's not the case. He was working on that. He knows that that's what the president. Wanted, but he didn't have it as this was a requirement. Oh, I I strongly disagree with that portion of his testimony. It was absolutely a requirement, or we would have just had the meeting and been done with it. What about the aid? He says that they weren't tied, that the aid was not tied. And I didn't say they they were conclusively tied either. I said I was presuming it. Okay, and so the president never told you they were tied. So your testimony, his testimony is consistent, and the president did not tie aid to investigations. That's correct. Okay, he also testified that he spoke to Giuliani and that Giuliani did not relate that, the, that he was tying on behalf of the president or on the president's behalf aid. And then, in fact, Giuliani never said to him that aid was tied to investigations. Now, I got, I, the question I have for you is, did you ever have a conversation with Giuliani that did not involve Volker? Because your testimony is a lot of whees and us's. So did you, do you and Giuliani have a separate conference, separate phone call where Giuliani told you that the aid was tied? Because Volker said, and if he was on all your phone calls, Volker said that never happened. No, uh, I did have uh, a few conversations. I don't recall how many because I don't have the records with Mr. Giuliani directly when Mr. Volker wasn't available.
5: And, and did Mr. I, and I don't Giuliani believe,
4: say to you, go ahead, what were you going to say? I don't believe I testified that Mr. Giuliani told me that aid was tied. Oh, I, I, I think, see, this is part of the problem, Ambassador Sussman, and I just want to walk you through this, is you've said to us everyone was in the loop, and everyone, knew. now hold a second, hold on a second. I've listened to you today, as a lot of people, and not only are your answers somewhat circular, frequently you, you've, you've contradicted yourself in your own answer. Now, the, the text messages and emails that you put up there Kurt Volker walked us through, and he has a completely different understanding of what you were saying than what you are saying you were saying. So I, I'm a little confused as to how everyone's in the loop because they're, they're, if Giuliani didn't give you an express statement, then it can't be that you believe this from Giuliani. Now, let me tell you right now. Is, is Donald Trump your friend? No, we're not friends. Do okay. you, a- you like the president? Yes. Okay. Well, you know, after you testified – Chairman Schiff ran out and gave a press conference and said he gets to impeach the president of the United States because of your testimony. And if you pull up CNN today, right now, their banner says Sondland ties Trump to withholding aid. Is that your testimony today, Mr. Ambassador Sondland, that you have evidence that Donald Trump tied the investigation to the aid? Because I don't think you're saying that. I've said repeatedly Congressman, I was presuming – I also said that President Trump – So no one ever, told not just the president – Giuliani didn't tell you, Mulvaney didn't tell you, nobody – Pompeo didn't tell you, nobody else on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying aid to these investigations. Is that correct? I think I already testified. No, answer the question. Is it correct? No one on this planet – told you that Donald Trump was tying this aid to the investigations. Because if your answer is yes, then the chairman's wrong and the headline on CNN is wrong. No one on this planet told you that President Trump was tying aid to investigations, yes or no? Yes. So you really have no testimony today that ties President Trump to a scheme to withhold aid from Ukraine in exchange for these investigations? Other than my own presumption which is nothing. I mean, that's what i don't understand. So do you know what hearsay evidence is, Ambassador? Hearsay is when I testify what someone else told me. Do you know what made-up testimony is? Made-up testimony is when I just presume it. I mean, you're just assuming all of these things, and then you're giving them the evidence that they're running out and doing press conferences, and CNN headline is saying that you're saying the president of the United States should be impeached because he tied aid to investigations, and you don't know that, correct? I never said the president of the United States should be impeached. Nope, but you did – you have left people with the confusing impression that you were giving testimony that you did not. You do not have any evidence that the president of the United States was tied to withholding aid from Ukraine in exchange for investigations. I yield back.
2: Can you say wow? <laughs> oh, I'm uh, and that's what it's been like all week. That has been what it was like all week long, and, and we'll have some more
3: uh, more testimony, but he even said it himself. Sorry, I would sound like I was yelling. <laughs> I mean, he even said it, he even said it himself. That I pre- well, I presumed it. I presumed it. I mean, and, and I wish he would
2: have had more time because what what I think he was the the link he was trying to make after that is like, well, you're presuming it. You're telling people this is what you presume, and they're all going out there and saying that you have evidence. And if he would have just had a little bit more time, I think it would have you know, gotten him to finally say, no, no, nah, there's no evidence. At least I don't have any. But when he actually did, because if you think about what he said, he said, other than my presumption. He's like, do you have any, have any evidence? No, no, none other than my presumption. And that's, been a, that's just as much as evidence as an opinion. Actually, it pretty much is an opinion. How can you base this evidence off of an opinion? So you know all these people that that uh, they're the, the parading around uh, the, the, to try to bolster that. no, frankly, I mean, I didn't even bother listening to the Democrat stuff. I mean, for one, you know, we're not here to—at least I'm not—you know, here to be CNN. I mean, CNN is going to put all that stuff out out there. Uh, but this is again, this is stuff that I think our uh, independent friends or on the fe- uh, on the fence friends who are like, well, I really don't know. You know, I have them hear what this is because I doubt if they're just watching NPR and CNN and all those other other alphabet news stations uh, that they're even getting that they're even getting any of that. I mean, they're, they're probably not. And let's be honest, there's a lot more uh, there's a lot more of the alphabet channels out there that are you know ninety percent ninety six percent you know against Trump uh, than there is. You know, you know, for you know, for him, you know, like like Fox News, and you can even argue, you know, there's there's many on there that are not, but you know, that are not, you know, pro-Trump. They're still, you know, some of the deep staters. And so, you know, we got, you know, we got plenty of clips here. You know, I I mean, I wish I had time to, you know, have even more. But it's fascinating. And of course, we do have folks in the line. You want to make comments on any of the the audio you're hearing tonight, uh just uh give me uh, you know, one on your number dial and I'll certainly get you into the show. Uh you know, again, sorry, Miss last week and then you know a week after that. But we we may do uh we may do a special edition on next Tuesday. I just have to see if you know how if I'm able to get that done uh for you. But I do have uh, yeah, well we do have Suzette on the line. And let's go ahead and uh open up uh the mic to her. Uh, thank you very much, Suzette, uh, for coming to the show. How are you?
6: Woo 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 fireworks. Boom. they cut it down from day one to first of hearing. Thank you. I'm doing well. <laughs> and how are you this evening?
2: All good. I tell you what, I was, you know, you know, getting uh, the you know show prep done for this evening. I'm watching all these uh how did the audio sound by the way?
6: Audio was okay, sounded good. You could it was clear.
2: Okay, good, good. And, and so, you know, so I was, you know, getting these together. Again, I mean, and also one thing uh, that I do, you know, what people do is definitely go to the website, uh, go to the newsroom page, and which I know is the page I promote most on there, but still, um, and go there. Because these are videos. I mean, what you're hearing from is, is the videos that I have on the, on the website. And, and just seeing the facial expressions of some of these people and the body language. I mean, I'm no body language as- expert, uh, but I would definitely like to hear from one. And and I tell you what, just looking at the body language of, of the witnesses and the body language of the of Adam Schiff when they go to him, sometimes I mean you can tell. I mean he, I mean sometimes the looks that he's got, and and you'll you know in some of the videos you'll see that. I mean he looks like he's somebody's got got, got caught. With, <laughs> that just sounds shitty, haha. <laughs> no, but uh, got caught with his pants down. <laughs> um, and so yeah, and so some of those. But I mean, I mean. I, I I mean, we, he just mentioned it. Oh, well, and that's all we've been hearing all week. And I have got, I, you know, some, you know, oh well, I, I presumed this, or my opinion is, or this is what I thought it was, you know. Or they're trying to say, well, there's a, a history of this. But and I think the um, the other audio clips that you're going to hear later, I, I think the uh, the Republicans are really lining things up uh, to show, like, you know, like, look, this isn't what you guys are trying to portray it to be, where. You know, it, it's just something that came out of the blue that, all oh, because, you know, Biden is running for president that somehow, you know, Trump is interested in this. Uh, go ahead. Uh. Well,
6: what's remarkable about that, though, is the Democrats don't realize what they're saying when they talk about, okay, so you knew that um, the president wanted to look into Burisma. Uh, and so, what is Burisma? Burisma is Biden, right? They did a lot of leading questions uh, to the um, to what's his name today, uh, and and so he basically had to answer yes or no. But he did correct them in instances where they were uh, incorrect about what he had said, and that was good. But nevertheless, um, when they say Biden, when you think of Burisma? When you think of Biden? So basically, the president wanted to investigate Biden. Well, not necessarily. He was looking into Burisma. It was well-known corruption. Corruption ran rapid in that company as well as others, and other companies were named for it to be investigated. But Burisma is the only one that seems to be focused on, and that's fine. If Burisma was known, a well-known corruption uh, corporation, well, then why was Vice oh, President and, and Biden's and the, son there working there? And
2: you and you. And and you'll hear it later in one of these audios. You'll hear it later in one of the audio when uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vinman is being uh, questioned. That that very thing that you brought up about other companies, you mm-hmm. know, about being investigated. And you know what? The only company that he can think of of other companies was Verisma. and they bring that up. And I, I don't know exactly which. Let's see if I can find the uh, the audio clip uh, that that goes to that one. Um, let me see. It might be. Uh, it's, it's, let's see, I've got a couple of him. Um,
6: and Lieutenant Com- Colonel um, Bidman there, who tried to make himself appear to be so important. Well, for being so important, there was a lot of corruption going on under your watch that you claim to have no knowledge of. So what's going on there well, yeah. so important.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I, think, and, and I think that might have been uh, his conversation with Jeff George. Uh, not Jeff George, I don't want to say that. Um, with uh, Jim Jordan. So let me Jim get this Jordan. one keyed up for you. <laughs> Yeah. Let me. Okay. Yeah. Maybe this was uh, keyed up for you.
7: Uh, I thank the ranking member. Colonel, uh, I want to thank you um, for your service and sacrifice to our great country. Uh, This afternoon, your your former boss, Mr. Morrison, is going to be sitting right where you're sitting, and he's going to testify, and I want to give you a chance. uh, I think we're bringing you a copy. Uh, I want to give you a chance to respond to some of the things Mr. Morrison said in his deposition, page 82 of the transcript from Mr. Morrison. Mr. Morrison said this, I had concerns about Lieutenant Colonel Bindman's judgment, among the discussions I had with Dr. Hill and the transition with our team, its strengths, its weaknesses, and Fiona and others had raised concerns about Alex's judgment. When Mr. Morris was asked by Mr. Castor, did anyone ever bring concerns to you that they believe Colonel Denman may have leaked something? Mr. Morrison replied, yes. So... Your boss had concerns about your judgment. Your former boss, Dr. Hill, had concerns about your judgment. Your colleagues had concerns about your judgment, and your colleagues felt that there were times when you leaked information. Any idea why they have those
8: impressions, Colonel Vindman? Uh Yes, Representative Jordan. I guess uh, I'll start by uh, reading um, Dr. Hill's own words, as she, she attested to in my last evaluation that was dated middle of July, right before she left. Alex is a top 1% military officer and the best Army officer I've worked with in my 15 years of government service. He's brilliant, unflappable, and exercises excellent judgment. So, it was exe- I'm sorry, okay, this was exemplary during numerous visits so far and so on, but I think you get the idea. Uh, Mr. Morrison, yeah, the, the data that was, um, yeah, yeah uh, let's see, I'm sorry. Uh, July thirteenth. Um, so, uh, Mr. Jordan, I would say that uh, I can't say what uh, Mr. Morrison, why Mr. Morrison uh, questioned my judgment. We had only recently started working together. He's he didn't he wasn't there very long, and we were just trying to figure out our relationship. Maybe it was a different culture, military culture versus, and Colonel, you never leaked information. I never did, and never would. That is, uh, that is preposterous that I would do that. Okay, uh, Colonel, it's
7: uh, it's interesting. We deposed a lot of people in the bunker in the basement of the Capitol over the last several weeks, but uh, of all those depositions, only three of the individuals we deposed were actually on the now somewhat famous July 25th phone call between President Trump and President Zelensky. There was you. The individual sitting beside you, Miss Williams. And then there, of course, was your boss, Mr. Morrison, who I just read from his, his deposition. When we asked Ms. Williams, who she spoke to after the call about the call, she was willing to answer our questions, and chairmanship allowed her to answer our questions. When we asked Mr. Morrison, who he spoke to after the call about the call, he was willing to answer our question, and Mr. Schiff allowed chairmanship allowed him to answer our question. But when we asked you, you first told us three individuals at the NSC, your brother and the two lawyers. And then you said there was a group of other people you communicated with, but you would only give us one individual in that group, Secretary Kent. And the chairman would only allow you to give us that name. When we ask you who else you communicated with, you would not tell us. So I want to know first, how many other people are in that group of
8: people you communicated with outside the four individuals I just named? Uh, Mr. Jordan, on uh, call readout, certainly after the first call there were probably a half a dozen or more people that I read out. Those are people with the proper clearance and the need to know. In this case, because of the sensitivity of the call, and Mr. Eisenberg told me not to speak to anybody else, I only read out, outside of the NSC, two individuals. Two individuals. Dad Kent and one other person. And you're not willing to tell us who
7: that other individual is? Mr. Okay. Chairman, point of order. Mr. Chairman. Mr. Mr. Chairman, point of order.
4: Gentlemen, suspend counsel. Uh, Mr. Chairman,
2: uh, I would ask you to enforce the, uh, the rule with regard to disclosure, with regard to the,
7: uh, intelligence.
4: Uh, thank you, counsel. You know, as I indicated before, this committee will not be used to out the whistleblower. Um, that same, uh, Mr. Chairman, get
7: necessity me, you, you of off the sense the, like,
4: don't lose the process uh, you are recognizing Mr. Jordan,
7: Mr. Chairman, I, I don't see how this is outing whistleblower. The, the witness has testified in his deposition that he doesn't know who the whistleblower is. You have said, even though no one believes you, you have said you don't know who the whistleblower is. So how is this outing the whistleblower to to, to find out who this individual is Jordan. Uh,
4: this is your time for questioning. You can use it any way you like but what? your question should be addressed to the I'd witness. like to and your question
7: should not be addressed to trying to out the whistleblower. Well, okay. Okay. Uh, Colonel There's another thing Mr. Morrison told us in his deposition. He said he was not concerned about the call itself. He said there was nothing illegal or improper on the call, but he was concerned about the call leaking, the contents of the call leaking. He he said this. He was concerned how it would play out in Washington's polarized environment, how the contents would be used in Washington's political process. Mr. Morrison was right. Excuse me, Mr. Jordan, could I get a page? page 44. Thank Mr. You. Morrison was right. The call leaks. The whistleblower the goes to chairman ship staff. Then he runs off to the lawyer, the same lawyer who said in January of 2017, the coup has started against president Trump. The one thing the Democrats didn't, one thing they didn't count on. One thing they didn't count on was the president releasing the call transcript and letting us all see what he said. They didn't count on that. Transcript shows no linkage. The two individuals on the call have both said, no pressure, no pushing, no linkage, with security assistance dollars to an investigation. Ms. Williams, after the call on the 25th, we know that Colonel Bindman talked to several people. After the call on the 25th, how many people did you talk to about the call? I did not speak to anybody about the call. Didn't speak to anybody. I yield back. Mr. Reims.
3: So I think
2: the thing to point out there is about the whistleblower, and unfortunately that wasn't the clip I referred to. I apologize for that. Uh, but anyway, about the whistleblower, so and, – and, and Jordan makes a great point. So like, well, wait a minute. Why aren't you giving me that guy's name? You know who it is, but yet you're saying you don't know who it is. Then by telling that other person's name that was on the call or listened to the call, and if it's not the whistleblower, then we'll, – so why not give the person the name? Ah, that's right, because by giving the person the name, you're showing that you actually do know the whistleblower, which means you lied to Congress, and maybe you should be going to jail instead of General Flynn. Maybe we should put him in jail instead of trying to put people like Roger Stone in jail. And for those out there, you know, I, I really hope you, you reach out to the President Trump about pardoning, and I got an article about some people uh, if we could get to it today about some of the people that uh, Trump either has or is planning on pardoning. Let's hope Roger Stone gets to be uh, on that list. But see, you see how they're covering up for him saying, oh, well, we don't know the whistleblower. You know, you know, and then they're trying to cover it up. So it's it's quite obvious. I mean, that's what it looks like to me. what he thinks of that. It was uh, the uh, Lieutenant
6: Colonel Curl- um uh, lawyer that actually had also interrupted at one time to ask that the chairman enforce his rule that um, not to have any discussion about anything oh. that would reveal the whistleblowers
2: <laughs> yeah i have actually- i actually um well the, I actually have that clip as well um I actually do have that um let me let me find it um now that one I might it's be able to because it's the running. same way it's the same witness. As as it might be when. Um, sorry, I I think that's when Nunez. I think that's when Nunez was uh, was uh, questioning him. I think that's when Nunez was. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Here's yeah, that, that, that one. was the
6: first, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, here's here, here's here's that one. I believe that's when Nunez was questioning. Right, the question after. I'm sorry, no. Do the, the question is. Right, but the question German, is:
4: I'm do, you know, do you know? The question is: Do you know any individual? Do you personally know any individual who discussed the substance of the July 25th phone call or any matter associated with the call with any member of the press? Thank you, Ranking Member, for clarifying. I do not. Thank you, uh, Ms. Williams. Did you discuss the July 25th phone call with anyone outside the White House? On July 25th or July 26th, and if so, with whom?
7: No, I did not discuss the call with anyone outside or inside the White House. Uh,
4: Ms. Williams, during your time on the NSC, have you ever accessed a colleague's work computer without their prior authorization or approval?
7: I have not, and just to clarify, I'm in the office of the Vice President, so not on the NSC. Right, but representing the President. No, I have President. not. No.
4: Thank you for that clarification. Lieutenant Colonel Vinman, did you discuss the July 25th phone call with anyone outside the White House
8: on July 25th or the 26th, and if so, with whom? Yes, I did. Uh, my core function is to coordinate U.S. government policy, interagency policy, and I spoke to two individuals with regards to um, providing a, some, some sort of a readout of the call. Two individuals that were not in the White House. Not in the White House, cleared U.S. government officials with, a, with a appropriate need to know. And what agencies uh, were these officials with? Department of State, um, Department of State uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary George Kent, who is responsible for the, uh, the, the portfolio uh, Eastern Europe, including Ukraine, and an individual from the Office of uh, – an individual in the intelligence community. Uh, what, uh, as you know, the intelligence community has
4: 17 different agencies. Uh, what agency was this individual from? If I could interject here, uh, we don't want to use these proceedings. Our, it's our time. I know, Chair. But we need to protect the whistleblower. Um, if. Please stop. I want to make sure that uh, there's no effort to out the whistleblower uh, through the use of these proceedings. Um, if the witness, as a good faith belief that this may reveal the identity of the whistleblower, uh, that is not the purpose that we are here for, and I want to advise uh, the witness accordingly. Mr. Vindman, you testified in your deposition that you did not know the whistleblower uh, rank member exile Lieutenant colonel Vinman, please uh, Le- Lieutenant Colonel Vinman, you testified in the deposition that you did not know the, who the whistleblower was I do not know who the whistleblower is that is well, how is it possible for you to name these people and then
8: out the whistleblower I, per the advice of my counsel i I've been advised not to answer qu- specific questions about members of the intelligence community this is the, are you aware that this is the intelligence committee
4: that's conducting an impeachment hearing of course I am Wouldn't the appropriate place for you to come to, to testify would be the intelligence committee
8: about someone within the intelligence community? Ranking member, per the advice of my counsel and the instructions from the chairman, I've been advised not to provide any specifics on who I've spoken to with inside the, the intelligence community. What I can offer is that these were properly cleared individuals or was a properly cleared individual with a need to know. Well,
4: this is, uh, I mean, you can really, you can plead the fifth, but you're here to answer questions, and you're here under subpoena. Uh, So you can either answer the question or you can plead the fifth. Uh,
7: Excuse me. Uh, On behalf of my client, we are uh, following the rule of the committee, the rule of the chair with regard to this issue, and this does not call for an answer that is, invoking the fifth or any That's theoretical water. issue like that. We're following the ruling
4: of the chair. What counselor, what ruling is that uh, uh, if I could interject, counsel is correct. Whistleblower has the right, statutory right to anonymity. These proceedings will not be used to out the whistleblower.
7: And and I've advised my client accordingly and he's gonna follow the ruling of the chair. If there's a alternative or you want to work something out with the chair that's up to you, Mr.
4: Well we've attempted to subpoena the whistleblower to sit for a deposition. Uh the chair has tabled that motion and then has been unwilling to recognize those motions uh over the last few days of this impeachment inquisition process. Well that I'll go to Mr. Castro. Thank you, Member.
2: I love how he called it uh impeachment inquisition did you- uh i am sure there's other folks that caught that, but he called it the impeachment uh inquisition and that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty much accurate of what what it is ain't it um yeah it is that that no that is, that is pretty much accurate uh uh with what it is and so yeah. um
6: oh, a boy that's he's got the worst <laughs> first he intercedes to invoke that the chairman's rule. And then he goes and relies upon it as though the chairman was the one that had said something. Uh, oh, yes, well, we intend to follow the rules, but <laughs> you are the idiot that, and, that's what, that intervened. <laughs> so that must be the whistleblower that he talked to then, or the person
2: that he talked oh yeah. to turned
6: whistleblower. <laughs> yeah, anybody
2: who, anyone who's got any kind of, you know, connected dots ability can see that. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, even your most basic, they're like, oh, wait a minute, let's see. He can't say the guy's name. He's not allowed to say the name of the whistleblower. So the guy's name that can't be spoken must be the whistleblower, so he must know the whistleblower. You know, coming on Twitter the other day was like, like, Adam Schiff doesn't know the whistleblower. He said so. It's like, do you really think his staff that coordinated the timing of the complaint release knew who the whistleblower was? But shift is, oh, well, that that, yeah. that came through the whistleblower's lawyer. Well, you know, that's a bunch <laughs> of shift. <laughs>
6: yeah, it is. And he said that he didn't know the whistleblower, so he perjured, perjured himself in behind closed doors session that he had already previous to this public one. And he said he spoke to one person in the intelligence agency, and then he went on to say that there were several agencies in the intelligence agency. But that doesn't matter because you can't reveal that name that you talked to because you might reveal the whistleblower's name, but you don't know the whistleblower, he said.
2: <laughs> well, and, and through my and through my understanding, understanding – well, and through my understanding is that um, only the IG is the person who can't say who the whistleblower is. Anyone else can say it. So mm-hmm.
1: – you know, the, I mean, statutory. that's
2: they keep they keep talking about statutes. You know, what statute? Um, mm-hmm. well, why they don't bring that up? You know, or say, hey, well, listen, uh, why the Republicans aren't saying that? Well, this is what the actual statute says. I don't know why they're not bringing that up.
6: Well, they have, they have, and and they just got shut down by Schiff. Oh, okay. And but they did bring it up as far as they read the statute out loud. There, I forget who it was, but yeah, they did do that. <laughs> But um, you know, one of the things that um, that caught my ear during uh, Vidman's testimony was that he said that he talked to the person in the intelligence agency on a need-to-know basis. So why would that person need to know anything if he wasn't any upper officer, you know, type person um, in the intelligence agency? And what do you mean on a need-to-know basis? What what information did you give to him about the phone call on July 25th? And so this need-to-know, he said it more than once, and that kind of caught me because the CIA uses that protocol when they, you know, go on missions. They have a team, and like let's say there's six, and each of those six members has only one objective, their job, their of the mission, and that's it. That's all they know of it. And by the end of it, they'll know what the end goal was, the objective, um, and it will come together. And this is because if they get caught behind enemy lines and they get tortured, you know, for information, they can only give basically what they know, and that's it, because they don't know anything else. And, you know, it's for their protection. And so this need-to-know basis, that was kind of interesting. He kept saying that because the Democrats kind of been using that for their strategy with Russiagate and, I believe, again, with this Ukraine Deal because each there's so many components and the components are people that are the moving parts and they each do their thing but they, it allows them plausible deniability as far as being the person responsible for starting anything you know and, and the start of Russia or the start of um, Ukraine this issue with, with Ukraine so not one person can get in trouble they can deny you know I just did my job that's all I did and so that question to somebody else, and all these parts fit, but who's the main Who's the main person behind it all? You can never get to that person. So I don't think anything will come of this as far as um, the impeachment. We already know the Senate won't vote to remove the president, and all these people that are lying their butts off. Nothing's going to happen to them either. <laughs> but, well, know, yeah, that was, and
2: that's true. I mean that that's the sad part of it all. That's the thing that kind of burns my ass. Is that you know these people like nothing's going to happen to Bimond any none of these people you know and that's why you know we won't talk you know people talk about a two-tiered system because you know you've got let people like Roger Stone and general Flynn you know one you know you know facing prison time, you know, and then I really think I think Trump will end up you know you know parting Roger stone. I mean I think i I think he should do that. I think he should pardon on day one. Uh, right after his inauguration uh, in 2020, <laughs> or yeah. 2021. In 2021, I think he should uh, – that, that should be one of his first acts is to pardon Roger Stone.
6: Absolutely, absolutely. But it doesn't do the damage that the Democrats have already done. You know, the, the raid that they did on Roger Stone's home with his wife, you know, the money that he's lost trying
2: to fight his case. It, I mean, they just go for total destruction. Do you know evil. they put a – do you know they put a gag order on his family and friends? His family and friends mm-hmm. aren't allowed to talk about the case. Yep. No, who who is this judge? This, this female liberal judge, Amy something, I think her name is. Uh, mm-hmm. Who was she to put a gag order on his entire family and his friends about talking about the case?
6: Because they know, or she knows, that basically she's railroading him. You know, as far as finding him guilty of anything, and because he found him, or they found him guilty, um, that pretty much ties him to the president. So, the, so now they can say the president is tied to Roger Stone. So, if he's guilty, then the president's guilty, and it's, you know, <laughs> it's just part of the puzzle. Well,
2: I know, we, we, we all know it's, but yeah, we all know it's, it's all set up. It's all set up, you know, things, you know, it is. It's just a big setup, just like this. You know, political theater of impeachment, and you know, we I mean, we you know, we kind of know, you know. You know how it's going to turn out. At least we believe we, you know, know. I mean, I'm pretty confident that, yeah, right. There's no way they're going to unseat Trump. Not only because you know, I don't think the Senate would do it. I think you know, for them, it'd be political suicide, um, for them mm-hmm. to do it. And that's why people need to start thinking about. Okay, I can't remember the other person, but right now they're saying there's two senators who may actually vote for. Uh, impeachment. I bet we know who one of those are, um, and that would be of course uh, Romney. And, and you know, Romney's just butt hurt because uh, tr- you know Trump beat him. But let me tell you something. But I still got a lot of audio clips, you know, talking about some under underhanded dealings with, uh, you know, with him, with what he, you know, when he was, uh, you know, rising in, you know, in, in power, but uh, economically with his businesses and then becoming a politician. So I mean well, sure. I got, I still and got plenty of clips of those, you know. Um have
6: ties to Burisma, too. But nobody's saying anything about that.
2: <laughs> oh tell no, no, no what what do it. Tell us more. What do you, I mean, what do you what do you know on that?
6: I just know that he ha- he had invested in that company, so he had ties with him and at the same time that Biden's son was the uh, was on the board of directors there. There was another person too, um Another senator, and I can't remember, you'd think I would remember, but I can't remember because my head's just swirling with all the information as far as they're outing themselves <laughs> during this process, and unfortunately nothing's being done about it, but the fact that, oh really, if that person wasn't involved, you had ties too. okay, so what's going on there? But uh, yes, you know, let me see what I can find on that so I can, so you can read it or play it, but yes, he has ties to that too, to that corrupt country. Uh, our company.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I don't know why on two four seven sports dot com there'd be an article about Mitt Romney. Um, uh, don't ask me why. It says Mitt Romney's connection to CIA front Barisma. Hmm. CIA front Barisma Holdings. Now this is just a. Uh, oh, this ain't even an article. Let's see. Oh, well, the
6: Independent uh, Sentinel. Here says to aid, to aid, oh top eight of Mitt Romney's was on the board of Burisma. so okay maybe that was the other person that was involved. <laughs> Interesting. Um. Uh,
3: yeah, there's um,
6: Go ahead.
2: No, no, go ahead. I was listening.
6: Oh.
1: Well, no, yeah. How so we
2: top can... Romney, here's here's something real quick from the Federalist. Um and it's so okay. hard to find anything conservative on yeah, you know, the the Federalist. So, you know, this is one I, I actually um and I don't know if it was Romney himself, but it says Top uh did uh do you have something you wanna read first or
6: No, go ahead. I'm still looking here.
2: Okay. It says Top Romney advisor worked with Hunter Biden on board of Ukraine Energy Company. As Democrats in the media remain – uh, fanatically obsessed with assembling some form of quid now this is back in september we're we're in November here, but it says um, some form of quid pro quo, uh, of course, now we know is it's bribery and extortion. Uh, uh, <laughs> from the infamous Trump Zelensky phone call, new deal ha- tales have emerged regarding Burisma, the company for which Hunter Biden worked and the company that Ukraine's top prosecutor had been investigating before Vice President Joe Biden. Had the prosecutor fired via months-long campaign pre- pressure campaign, according to the web archives, top Mitt Romney advisor Joseph Coffer Black, who publicly goes by Coffer Black, joined Barisma board of directors while Hunter Binding was also serving on the board.
1: Hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh,
2: according to the New Yorker, Hunter yeah Hunter joined Barisma board in April of 2014. Hmm. Who was president then? and remained on it until he declined to renew his position this past May, see, in 2019. Meanwhile, according to Burisma's website, Black was appointed in February of 2017 uh, and continues to serve on its board. The timelines would indicate that Black and Biden worked together at Burisma, and indeed, web archives from the late 2017 show Black and Biden listed simultaneously on the board. Black joined Mm -hmm. the CIA in 1974 and eventually climbed to the ranks to become director of the National Counterterrorism Center from 1999 to 2002. In 2002, President George W. Bush appointed him ambassador-at-large and coordinator for counterterrorism. He later worked at Blackwater as a vice chairman before joining Romney campaign as a special advisor. See, you know what? This guy sounded like an all-right guy until he hooked up with Romney.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It said on uh, on Romney's uh, foreign policy and national security advisory team in October of 2011. In 2017, Black joined the board of Burisma. <laughs> it looks increasingly <laughs> probable that Burisma, the subject of a series of corruption allegations in the past, has been smartly buying Western complacency by slapping a few famous names on its board. In addition to the son of a vice president and a special advisor to the GOP presidential candidate, the board also boasts a former president of Poland from nineteen ninety five to two thousand, Alexander Skolenski. I'm sorry. So that's interesting. Hmm. And the plot yeah. thickens. <laughs> and the plot well, the article thickens. Lockdown. So Romney okay.
1: <laughs> So Romney Well, some of
2: Romney's people have connections to, you know. To Ukraine, uh, Bresma. Wow. Mhm. Oh
6: yeah, let's <laughs> look to this. at that. So there's an article in the America's Watch Watchtower, and they're like a watch group, uh, or government watch group or whatever. Anyway, for October mm-hmm. fourth, twenty nineteen, it says it seems like there's quite a, quite a bit of money to be made in Ukraine so much so that politicians and their family members have connections to the country. In addition to the Biden family, there are a couple of others who have done business in Ukraine. And interestingly enough, there are some of the louder, they are some of the louder critics of Donald Trump's phone call to Ukraine president. Well, we already know about Adam Schiff's ties to a Ukraine arms dealer. So first up today is Mitt Romney. And it looks like she has a direct connection to Hunter Biden's company, which is what you just talked about. And, um, That part you already read. So, And then there is none other than Madam Speaker and her son. It turns out Nancy Pelosi's son has made a trip to the Ukraine for an energy company, and Nancy Pelosi actually appeared in a commercial for the company. (laughs) Here's more on that. So Patrick Cowley, a reporter, had reported, boom, Nancy Pelosi's son, Paul Pelosi, Jr., who went to Ukraine in 2017, was a board member of Viscoil, an executive at it's related company, NRG Lab, which did energy business with in Ukraine. And they have a video there, but I can't post any links in the chat in for BTR, otherwise I would post the um the video of the commercial. <laughs> it's all starting wow. to make sense now. They all seem to have a vested interest in making sure that there is no Ukraine investigation. Which, yeah, that makes sense wow. why they're just dumping on Donald Trump. Yep.
3: Well, and that's so. the thing. You know, that's the thing that kind of drives me nuts. Is uh, you know, is that for decades, you know,
2: it, you know, people have been crying out that you know, oh, I'll do something about the, you know, you know, the corruption in in in, in our in our politics and this and that decades. I mean remember you know Mr. Smith goes to Washington. That movie mm-hmm. was made in the 40s. That movie is 80 years old and it was talked about the corruption of Washington. So we've been critiquing the 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 corruption of Washington DC for over 80 years. We finally get a politician that's not a career politician, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know people hate him. It's like you, know, you 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 guys are hating what you you know what you've been asking for 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 almost a hundred years. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just yeah. can't believe it. You know, you, the P- American people have been wanting somebody like Trump for a hundred years, and because you know he's not the most refined speaker, then people want to you know they hate him. But you you can blame the media for that. You know, I mean, oh, you, sure. can, you know, you can blame the media for that one.
6: hmm Definitely. Well, they have um they have proof of the ties to um what was it, Nancy Pelosi, Mitt Romney, um, and Adam Schiff and that comes from the Department of Finance, Finance Monitoring, Counterintelligence of Lativia. And so they have the documentations there from uh private bank in Lativia, um, <laughs> in Ukraine. That shows the sums of money that were funneled through um um, I'm, 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 let me see what was his name. Oh, two John Kerrys, John Kerry's son and Mitt Romney's son. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean this stuff we pretty much kind of knew, but now we know.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and it's all—seriously, it's all—it's all, it's all, it's all coming together. It's all—I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it's real. it's—it's all coming together. It's like, holy crap! Look at all this. And what you makes know, me sick I mean, is when they
6: rely on the Constitution as far as we need to preserve our democracy. This is our responsibility to impeach President Trump and look into this and blah blah blah. It's like, oh please! But <laughs> every time you mention the Constitution, that word comes out of your mouth. It's sacrilegious. <laughs> Good grief! You use it when you when you when it's convenient. And other than that, you step all over it and pee on it. I mean, geez, ridiculous. Just chaps, right? Yeah,
2: it's unbelievable. <laughs> wow, all the ties. Well, and then, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and, to, and then moving on with uh, some of the other, you know, I mean, w- w- and we could talk more about that, of course, uh, but we also got, um, you know, some more audio that I've got here that I want to play. Uh, now, this one is uh, John Ratcliffe. Now, he was talking to um, Yovanovich, um, which her last Her last part of her name is strangely close to bitch. But anyway, um, I'm just being (laughs) facetious with that one. Uh, But anyway, so let me go ahead and get get this geared up with her her testimony. I mean, again, I don't see where any of this stuff is really helping. I mean, you know, at least with what the Republicans are coming back on uh, for the Mm -hmm. Democrats. So let me get this keyed for you. Ambassador Ivanovich, I'd like to uh, join all of my colleagues on both sides of the aisle in uh, thanking you for your service. Um, I'd like to ask you about your uh, earlier testimony uh, about your uh, Senate confirmation, and Congresswoman Stefanik had asked you um, how the Obama-Biden uh, State Department had prepared you to answer questions about Burisma and Hunter Biden specifically. You recall that? And uh, she mentioned that you have been asked or been prepared for questioned about <laughs> Hunter Biden's role on the board of Burisma, but I don't think that you gave us the answer or answers that the Obama-Biden uh, State Department uh, prepared you to give in response to that question. Do you remember what those answers were?
0: Yeah, it was um, something along the lines of uh, I would refer you to the vice president's office on that.
2: So did they, in the course of that, uh, brief you about um, the amount of money that Hunter Biden was being paid by Burisma?
0: No, this wasn't part of a briefing. I mean, I had sort of big old books with questions that
2: might come up. In preparation for your confirmation. And they thought that Hunter Biden's role at Burisma might be significant enough that it would come up uh, during your confirmation. Is that correct?
0: Apparently so. I mean, there were hundreds of questions.
2: Well, um, hundreds of questions, but were there hundreds of companies? Um, how many companies other than Burisma did the Obama-Biden State Department prepare you to give answers for? And if so, if there were others, which ones? I just don't recall. You don't recall that there were any other companies. Is that correct? I'm quite
0: sure there probably were some companies, but I, I, I mean, you know, just is. A while ago and I
2: don't recall but you specifically recall Burisma
0: yes
2: all right out of thousands of companies in the Ukraine the only one that you recall the Obama Biden State Department preparing to answer questions about was the one where the vice president's son was on the board is that fair yes
0: uh...
2: You understood uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary George Kent's testimony, as it's been related to you, um, that he testified a few days ago. Do you understand that that arrangement, Hunter Biden's um, role on the Burisma board, caused him enough concern that, as he testified in uh, his statement, that in February of 2015, I raised my concern that Hunter Biden's status as a board member could create the perception of a conflict of interest, he went on to talk about the vice president's responsibilities over the Ukraine and, or over Ukraine, Ukrainian policy as one of those factors. Do you recall that? Yes. Did you ever do you agree with that? Yeah. That it was a legitimate concern to raise.
0: I, I think that it could raise um, the appearance of a conflict of interest.
2: And did you discuss that ever with Mr. Kent? I don't believe so. Shortly before your confirmation in August of 2016, um, uh, Prosecutor General Shokin was fired by President Poroshenko, correct? Yes. And um, President, or, uh, uh, Prosecutor General Shokin was the one who had opened the investigation into Burisma, correct?
0: Um, I, I think that's right, but I'm, I'm not actually sure.
2: He was in charge of it at least at that point in time as the Prosecutor General. Mm-hmm. And are you aware um, of the very public uh, statements by the vice president that that firing of the prosecutor general occurred in March of 2016, uh, six hours after the vice president uh, told President Poroshenko that he needed to fire the prosecutor general or that he wouldn't receive $1 billion from the United States? Do you recall that? Yes. All right. And do you think that that um, raises a potential concern or conflict of interest that the Vice President of the United States was ordering the firing of the prosecutor in charge of a company that has been identified as one that is substantially corrupt?
0: I actually don't. I don't think that uh, the, uh, the view that um, Mr. shohan was not a good prosecutor general fighting corruption, I don't think that had anything to do with the brief material.
2: But the legitimate concern about Hunter Biden's role was legitimate, correct?
0: I think it creates uh, a, a concern that there could be an
2: a, a appearance of. You know, well, based right on right your today. testimony, uh, Ambassador, I- I'd like to renew my request, Mr. Chairman, that uh, Hunter Biden's testimony that has been requested the gentleman has expired. Requested by the Republicans, be considered the expired, as legitimate rather than as a sham, as the uh, has, has been referred to General by suspend. the Chairman. I Mr. Heck, I haven't
4: yeah. recognized that request. You're
2: not recognized, Mr. Heck, you are. You see, I was, again, trying to shut him down. Uh, and, yeah, maybe they should put, you know, Hunter Biden on there. But they know exactly what's going to happen <laughs> if they put Hunter Biden on there. I mean, even when he had that interview, which I don't think he planned very well for, uh, saying, uh, you know, it might have been my last name that got me on that board. I mean, because he doesn't have any experience. <laughs> Uh, when it comes to that, I mean that's that's his words, not mine. You know, I mean, I, yep. you know, that may have been a little bit of a paraphrase of my point, but I mean, basically, because he, he said, "Oh, there's probably some jobs that I've had because of my last name is Biden." Yeah, yeah, think, you know? <laughs> uh, yep,
6: uh, <laughs> it's great. I mean, so far, testimony that's been given when asked about whether they thought. Um, Hunter Biden had any credentials, you know, to be working there uh, as on the board of directors, any type of experience at all. And they all say, not to my knowledge. <laughs>
2: like, wow. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I think she said that was just – go ahead.
6: No, no, go ahead. I was done. <laughs> I one was thing
2: saying. she said, you know, is towards the end, of a genius where she's like, oh, well, I don't think there's the – You know, connection with uh, you know Barisan. It it wasn't a bad uh, thing for them to fire. You know, uh, the you know ask to fire this prosecutor. Um, It's like, look, look, okay, this is what I've been putting out on Twitter. Here's my take on that. Whether he was a bad prosecutor or not, whether he deserved to be fired or not, whether he was corrupt or not, whether Biden was on the board. Or not whether Biden was being investigated or not. That's not the point. That's what that's minutia, in my opinion. What mm-hmm. the point is, mm-hmm. Biden said, "Look, you do if you don't do X, you don't get Y. If you do do X, you will get Y. That, in its very nature, is the definition of a quid pro quo. If you do something, you will get this." If you don't do this, you won't get this. Doesn't matter what that this is. It doesn't matter what, the, what, what, what it is. You, mm-hmm. I will give you money if you do it. I won't give you money if you don't. This is age okay. that we normally give you. If you don't do this, you're not getting it. How is that not a quid pro quo? Doesn't matter what, what, you know, if he was a bad prosecutor. They said if you don't do what our government wants, you're not gonna get the money. So how is well, that quick quo?
6: They wanna have it both ways. They wanna say as far as Ukraine being a corrupt country that got Trump elected, but then when you know, when it comes to Trump not giving the aid or delaying the aid, basically, he gave it, He or delaying the aid, which really he didn't because they weren't to receive it until the 19th, and they got it before that, so nevertheless, but let's set that aside. Um, they want to say that, um, so he can't delay it because he thought there was corruption going on, you know, that's not, he can't do that uh, because of security risks, and Ukraine needed it, and he put them in danger, and he put our relationship in danger, and it's like, Okay, but wait a minute. You were just talking about Ukraine being corrupt that got him elected. So we, <laughs> you can't have it both ways.
2: Yeah, let's corrupt- uh, we see. John wants to get in. I think right. John wants to get in on uh, the conversation. Now let's uh, get, a, uh, get him in. Thank you very much, John, for coming on the show. How are you tonight?
9: Oh, I'm doing fine. And uh, I just wanted to, to jump in on this one part you were talking about, the quid pro quo. We have to be really concerned about the public's understanding of that. Otherwise, you end up in the situation where if you buy a gallon of milk, it's quid pro quo because you gave them money and you expected something out of it. So, see, there's some things that are just corrupt, illegal practices, and they always use that to quid pro quo, and people just automatically assume in their brain that that's bad. And that's not necessarily true. Now, my take is is this is the deep state, the captains of industry, all those um, big robber barons using the IT community to reach in and continue to uh, delude the rule of law. Because any practicing lawyer, matter of fact, anybody that's listening, Go back two shows or so. Uh, I remember whenever I was breaking down a lot of the different terms and why I thought they were committing dispossession and irrigation and whatnot to defraud the Americans. And uh, the point that I'm trying to get is, from the get-go, because of the process that they are supposed to use in determining whether there's probable cause to justify an investigation, none of this should have ever started in the first place, point one. So therefore, the uh, Republicans have to be going along with it. Otherwise, they are not fit to serve in office because if they're that stupid. But we know our our judicial system is corrupt, just like our Governing system so a lot of them Are going along with this stuff Because when you have a fourth amendment Protection of unreasonable search and Seizures and then they're able To use hearsay which is Actually inadmissible in Court you violate the Person's fourth amendment right Of unreasonable search and you know Seizures and then You also are actually Violating not only their due Process rights but that's Why we got the of the poisonous tree. If you use, if you actually use an illegal process in order to gain access to information that you want to use in an investigation as evidence or whatnot, it is inadmissible to court because you defrauded the people into, into doing it. That's why Veritas is having issues in the courts right now, and the courts are trying to understand how it actually applies. And that's why I want to reiterate about the quid pro quo thing, because Biden and all of his cronies of the deep state and the robber barons were actually trying to cover up criminal activity. They did not want the prosecutor in Ukraine to have any more access to uncover their corruption. Donald Trump, on the other hand, he was saying, hey, Let's actually continue to make sure this open investigation on this crime in, you know, the uh, what is it, Burisma, um, corruption case is continuing, so we can actually root out this corruption. Because you are a new. Um, President in Ukraine And you don't want any of that negative stuff To follow through And we're not willing to continue to Dump money into a corrupt situation That's just going to get worse If we don't nip it in the bud now But Donald Trump has a You know silver foot He keeps putting in his mouth and borrowing trouble Or he's got bad advisors And he doesn't know what. Anyway he borrows more trouble to me But anyway the point Is We should not even be in this situation, so it's my hunch that the deep state, you know, the robber barons, the captains of industry are using all these people as pawns to continue to water down the rule of law and our judicial system. They've been doing this since the 60s and 70s. It's just, you know, a thousand cuts here and there. Because remember, um, William Barr, um, a lot of these cats, the... um, uh, Mr. Mike Pompeo, these cats were under the remember thousand points of light in the new order, new world order under George H. W. Bush, and that it sounds like to me that they're just playing along to continue to manipulate this situation where they can water down the governing and the judicial and the rule of law in order to circumvent us after after a point. So many Americans. Just throw up their hands and start doing what they think's right in their own eyes, and now they have to spend more money on more technology and all their multinational corporations to get more um security in our country and that's what they're arguing about now so uh, there's a lot of scammy stuff going it's hard to put your finger on it and another point I wanted to point out how many of you all out there understand or have heard that you know n- not only Romney has his hand in the election equipment, the voting election equipment. But we know that George Soros does, too. He has ownership in some of these companies. And isn't it, I don't know, I haven't found this out for true yet, but isn't it that Adam Schiff is married
3: to George Soros' daughter? What's that? Does anybody know that for sure? Uh,
2: No, I don't.
9: Anyway, that's just some food for thought, and I was wanting to you know, reiterate what I said a few weeks ago with Trump maybe setting this up for malicious prosecution. He's going to let them bury, them, bury themselves, because right now, how many lawyers do you hear out there telling the media to shut up because perju the, perj, the um, prejudicing the jury poll? Because if this thing goes to trial and we, the people, have to decide on impeachment, whether we think our Senate ought to go ahead and... You know impeach Trump well, they're allowing all of these media people to work in cohort in collo- uh, conspiring with um, Nazi Pelosi and and Adolf Schiff to be able to um, prejudice the jury pool. And so they, you would think they would be putting some kind of permanent, I mean, uh, preliminary or temporary injunction on those people in order to not do that. But no, they're letting it happen. So they're intentionally trying to screw up the rule of law in the judicial system. And lawyers know this stuff. And I'm not a lawyer, but I've spent enough time in courts to know. You know, any of you want to go down and learn some stuff about Law and courts, go down to your local court office, and a lot of times you can sit in the, I guess, peanut gallery section, and you can listen to the whole thing. Not all of them are closed. They have open courts type systems, too. But anyway, that, back to you for now. Thanks for your time. Appreciate what you're doing there.
2: Well, really? oh, you're welcome, John. And uh, we are, we do have uh, Kelly on the line here, so let's go ahead and open it up uh, to Kelly. Thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? <laughs>
10: pretty good, but my stalker is bothering me. Um, uh Yeah, She's got four legs and a tail.
3: Oh, yeah, a cat, cat, huh?
10: <laughs> yeah, she is not even mine. But uh, anyway, if I'd stop feeding her, she'd stop stalking me. I think that, anyway, maybe there's something to that. Anyway. um, That might be it. I found out today I have something in common with Joe Biden.
2: Oh, hell, what's that?
10: Well I have two love childs. From marriage, of course, conceived in marriage. And so I have a I have two love childs. He has a love child too. Genetic results came out and uh looks like ninety nine point nine percent sure that it was his brother's widow. So uh I remember it was Gary Hart when they found out he had a was it Gary Hart? Well, I was, my this? In, in the uh, two thousand election, two uh, two thousand primary, Gary Hart had a, a love. Was it Gary Hart had a love child, and then that was the end of his political career. Um, so I guess right now I might have more of a chance of uh, being president than Joe Biden. <laughs> like, whoops. <laughs>
2: um,
3: Maybe.
10: Whoops. Yeah. So I said a political joke in church tonight, and, and pretty much everybody laughed. It's kind of a small Wednesday night Bible study, and the King James describes tax collectors as publicans, and at the end, they go around, and they ask what you get out of this, and, well, I got a question for you. Um, tax collectors are called publicans, and if they tax more, are they called, uh, you know, republicans? so... The Republican Party is the party that taxes the most. (laughs) And the pastor just laughed. Anyway, but I I ran into a Democrat there, a lady that I talked to several times, older lady. And uh, she plays the organ and and the piano, whatever. But uh, she's a Democrat. I'm like, oh, wow, interesting. Huh. So we'll probably invite her to go get some tea locally somewhere. We can talk politics. But uh, I think. Whoever has designed our system has done a very successful job of dividing the country because she's been watching um, all this impeachment stuff. I haven't paid much attention to the impeachment stuff. I just – blah, 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 I just know what's going on. we are probably not going to find enough evidence. Um, but it is politically smart, I think, for the Democrats to uh, – for a while, for a while. I'm just, you know, libertarian. I look at both sides. I think it's political genius for the Democrats to bring up the accusation, bring it up, bring it up. Okay, now drop it because there's only a, so much support you're going to get from this. You're going to cause a lot of hate and solidify people into the Democratic Party for the next 30 years. Or you'll rally and muster up the troops. Whoops, um, I can't use muster with Democrats because they don't believe in the Second Amendment. Anyway. <laughs> muster well-regulated militia okay that's the second amendment muster when you get everybody together Uh, yeah okay so anyway but they have gained some things and it it might have reached a point of marginal utility where it could backfire on big time Uh, but she's been watching it she doesn't like trump and i'm like wow that's interesting you know so this country is terribly divided and it really is bad and of course the republicans blame the democrats the democrats Blame the Republicans. There is a good thing going on with the the Democrats looking into uh, the White House. It's called holding the government accountable, holding the executive branch accountable as well. And they may not find anything, um, but at least uh, the executive branch is not going to get away with a lot of um, junk if if there's House uh, investigation into the executive branch. So I think that's real.
2: Well, I mean, this is—I mean, certainly, I mean, this is going to set—I mean, this is going to set a precedent. I mean, because now, I mean, you're going to—you're going to get, you know, presidents, you know, have to give up all their, their, their calls from, uh, you know, national leaders all the time now. I mean, that's—we're—we're going. I mean, I—I I don't know if this is ever going to ever going to end. And and you know, I seen somebody tweet out one time you know uh, uh, applauding Schiff for this whole b s but oh shift, that's great! I would love to see you be president and I just kind of chuckled i said yeah i said I said then he'll discover how much karma's a bitch, you know <laughs> you know yeah. seriously, I mean, could you imagine a uh, president Schiff? yeah let's go ahead and uh you know get get uh, you know get back at him i mean he i don't think I don't think he'd be he'd run because he knows it's gonna come back at him,
10: yeah so on the, on the other side of things, it's very possible that with the Benghazi mess and uh potential illegal arms getting you know Iran contrary to you when we've not seen that before, okay, so Trump might be right over the target, and that's why he's getting so much flack and then the aircraft fire um that could be what's going on um so it's an interesting um we'll have to see what the outcome is. So but I did by the way, speaking of outcomes, John was hi John. Don was mentioning about the electronic machines. We found some thing people in uh, Kentucky, by the way, if you're listening in Kentucky, you can go to uh citizens for uh citizens for election integrity, Kentucky, uh Facebook. You can sign up with them. There's some boots on the ground. i Have had a couple talks with them and they were appreciative of watch the vote because well, we've been through this before, and looking into, and we have tools, or we're giving them tools, and they realize why reinvent the wheel. But one of the things of this could be suspicious. We have the right to be suspicious. And with suspicion comes questions. More questions come investigation. More investigation, you can confirm or deny facts. Wait a minute. Shouldn't Congress be working this way? Okay. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have the right to be,
10: yeah. Did you back it up? All right. Um, Or admit that, okay, there's nothing here. All right. But here, I want to go through the Kentucky state races specifically. And there are um, not just the governor, but there was state races. Um, There's the Secretary of State, statewide, of course, Attorney General, Auditor of Public Accounts, State Treasurer, Commissioner of Agriculture. And uh, so those are statewide. Let me show you the spread on these, okay? And by the way, the Republicans won all these other five positions. So, Secretary of State Adams versus Henry is 52 to 48. That's not too big of a game there, but um, here's another one AG 57 42, again, a Republic, Republican one. Uh, Mike Harmon is 55 41. Big one, State Treasurer was 60 to 39, that's a 20 point spread. Commissioner of Agriculture is 58-38, that's a 20 point spread, and uh, then you get the into two state house races. Uh, with special election 18th in the 63rd district, 60 to 40, that's again 20 point spread. Here's another one in the 63rd district, 63 to 36, so that's a 47 points, uh, 46 point spread. we me look at the more specifics. So the average of these, when you take weighted averages turns out to be 14.2% average spread in these other five races statewide. If you include the other Republicans in the special districts, it's a 15-point spread. Anyway, so 14, magic number, 14.2 spread difference. All right, so you have, again, that's weighted and average and not a simple average. Simple average, you get 13.8. All right, now we go to the Matt Bevin's Andy Bashir election, and we had a Libertarian in there too, of only 1.9% of the votes. But you look at uh, 4883 Bevins versus Bashir at 4919, the difference is 0.36%. 0.36%, when the rest of the Republicans got 14.2% difference. And it's just like, whoa, 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 there's something going on here. Uh, found out that. Andy Bashir, as um, Attorney General, he's still Attorney General until December 10th. When he gets sworn at, I mean sworn in, and, and the new Republican, uh, the new Republican Attorney General Cameron gets sworn at on December 10th. Um, anyway, so ne- Bashir is still the Attorney General. Well, what he did, uh, I believe, it was a few weeks before the. Um, election, he ordered the Kentucky uh, state troopers to grab the Secretary of State's work computer. Uh, Grimes is her name. And I don't know if he's got the computer returned or not in time for the elections, but that'd be an interesting suspicion right there. Why don't we grab the Secretary of State's uh, computer? I mean you have to go with a potential scenario. Let's grab the uh, Secretary of State's computer, and uh, why don't we hack it ourselves and give her back her computer? (laughs)
2: Now that would be – You're joking uh, there, Kelly. (laughs) uh, Kind of, kind of not.
10: I don't know if, if the computer went back before the election. I mean that's that's one way to hack an uh, an election electronically. But what's really mind blowing is. Hello, hello,
6: John. Uh, and John, to answer your question, it was uh, Schiff's sister that Mary Soros has done. So if that I think that's what you said. But yeah, I got a confirmation on that. I found an article, a couple of articles on USA Today, Breitbart. Yeah, so anyway, oh, wow. To answer your question,
9: <laughs> yeah.
10: Okay. Um
9: his sister's married to George Soros' son, Hello? or what? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I guess there was
6: also a wedding announcement that was done in the New York Times at the time uh, that the event was to occur, and uh, yeah, so,
2: there you go. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just say, well, we said earlier today, you know, you 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 put the dots together, you know, put the dots together, and there it is that they're all connected.
6: Yeah, so dot yeah. uh, moveon.org, and Open Secrets, um, I guess, organizations helped uh, fund Chip's campaign, um, or has been, so that's where he gets a lot of his money, which is a no-brainer there, but yeah. <laughs>
10: Yeah, uh, it's just it's just interesting. Um, well, what is it? Uh, this this thirteen year old or fourteen year old for a, a school project traced the lineage of all the presidents, but like two or three presidents, all were related to Bad King John of England.
6: Was that right? Oh my goodness! Oh, by the way, they got yeah. divorced in 2015. <laughs> They they didn't remain friends, you know. I'm sure they're still very close, no doubt, but yeah. The primaries, or primary married couple there, parted ways in 2015. Didn't last very long.
10: Well, Bill and Hillary are still together.
6: Huh?
1: (laughs) Bill Bill
10: and (laughs) Hillary are still together. They probably sleep in different beds. Who knows who they sleep with? (laughs) Or what, well, the anyway.
6: ship probably, she knows how creepy her father is, and then she, she probably found out how creepy Soros' his son was, if he's anything like his father, and went, uh, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm on out. Quick. Yeah, it was like a three-year marriage.
10: Well, you know, they, you, you can look it up online, you know, all all presidents, oh. All, oh, the yeah, all the three yeah. presidents are related to uh, the bloodline of Bad King John of England.
9: Fascinating.
6: These lineages, how far back they go.
10: Yeah, well, it's Republicans and Democrats both, which, you know, well, really.
6: That's why I say how far back do you? I didn't say we're Demo- Well, okay, Democrats and Republicans. I see what you're saying. Politicians, well, well, how about well,
10: that? <laughs> yeah, well, he. Bad King John died in 1216, but, yeah. Yeah, it's there's some weird stuff going on.
2: Yeah, and let's go ahead. We'll we'll, we'll bring it back. Um, you know to what we have here tonight. Now this this lady, very mad. I will tell you what, this this woman here, uh, again another one of those, uh people I have not heard of before until uh, you know this this impeachment uh, inquisition is uh, I think noon as somebody called it, um, and that is Representative uh, Elise Stefanik, and I really I haven't heard her. from her, un- yeah, until. Um, until this came up, so let, I'm going to go ahead and now this is her with Jovanovic as well. So let me go ahead and get this keyed up for us. But yeah, she's kind of an, she might be an up and comer after this.
3: I just want to clarify something before I yield. Are you
4: against political appointed ambassadors? Is it not the president's uh, prerogative to appoint whoever he wants in any country? First of all,
0: I am not against political ambassadors. Just I, just to, I just
4: wanted to clear that up. Uh, now, can I yield to Ms. Stefanik? If I need your permission, uh, you may yield.
11: Thank you. Ambassador, before I was interrupted, I wanted to thank you for your 30 years of public service from Mogadishu to Ottawa to Moscow to London to Kiev Um, I also wanted to thank you for hosting the numerous bipartisan delegations. I led one of those delegations in Ukraine. My questions today will focus on three key themes. The first is the role of the president when it comes to appointing our ambassadors. The second is longstanding corruption in Ukraine. And the third is aid to Ukraine. Earlier this week, as you know, we heard from George Kent. And I know that Mr. Kent is a colleague, a friend, and someone who you deeply respect. In his testimony, he stated, all ambassadors serve the pleasure of the president. You would agree with that statement, correct? Yes. And in fact, he elaborated and went on to emphasize that this is without question. Everybody understands that. You would agree with that? I would agree with that. And in your own deposition under oath, you stated, quote, although I understand, everyone understands that I serve at the pleasure of the president. Is that correct? Yes. And just so there's no public confusion, you are still an employee of the State Department, correct? Yes. And in the deposition, you say that you personally asked whether it would be possible to be a fellow at Georgetown University, and that was arranged for me, and I'm very grateful. That's where you're posted today, correct? Yes. Georgetown students are lucky to have you. We are lucky to have you in Foreign Service, and I again want to thank you for your tremendous public service. Shifting gears to corruption in Ukraine, in your powerful deposition, you describe, quote, we have long understood that strong anti-corruption efforts must form an essential part of our policy in Ukraine, and now there is a window of opportunity to do that. And so why is this important, and why is this important to us? Put simply, anti-corruption efforts serve Ukraine's interests, but they also serve ours as well. Is that still your testimony? Yes. And particularly at the critical time in 2014 after the Ukrainian elections, you testified that the Ukrainian people had made clear in that very election that they were done with corruption, correct? Yes.
2: Like how how we did when we voted
11: in Trump. The Ukrainians thought it would be a good idea to set up this architecture of a special investigative office that would be all about the crimes of corruption, correct? Yes. And I know this was before you arrived in Ukraine, but you are aware that the first case that the U.S., U.K., and Ukraine investigators worked on was, in fact, against the owner of Burisma. Yes. And that was during the Obama administration. Yes. And in your testimony, you, and you said today, the investigation was never formally closed because, quote, it's frankly useful to keep that company hanging on a hook, right? That's mm, your quote. You,
0: yeah. The Ukrainian investigation was never
11: partnered with the U.S. and the U.K. As I understand
0: it. Yeah, although because we didn't see the Ukrainians moving forward on that, we no longer partner with them uh, on that case or in that way.
11: But let's take a (laughs) first step, a step back. The first time you personally became aware of Verisma was actually when you were being prepared by the Obama State Department for your Senate confirmation hearing, and this was in the form of practice questions and answers. This was your deposition. And you testified that in this particular practice Q&A with the Obama State Department, It wasn't just generally about Burisma and corruption. It was specifically about Hunter Biden and Burisma. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And the exact quote from your testimony, Ambassador, is, quote, The way the question was phrased in this model Q&A was, what can you tell us about Hunter Biden's, you know, being named to the board of Burisma? So for the millions of Americans watching, President Obama's own State Department was so concerned about potential conflicts of interest from Hunter Biden's role at Burisma that they raised it themselves while prepping this wonderful ambassador nominee before her confirmation. And yet our Democratic colleagues and the chairman of this committee cry foul when we dare ask that same question that the Obama State Department was so concerned about. But we will continue asking it. And lastly, in my 20 seconds left, I just want to get it on record. In terms of defensive lethal aid, which you were an advocate for, that was not provided by President Obama. It was provided by President Trump. That's correct. I yield back five
2: seconds. So, yeah, yeah, that's another point. They're all, you know, because remember some of the uh, – I heard some of the testimony, uh, you know, opening statements. And they'll be crying, oh, the poor – all the – you know, and, and people like are like – in yeah, that's another thing, and I wish I would have you know brought this up sooner people are, when when trump first uh well, this is Syria, but you know when they're talking about you know, Ukraine, like oh my gosh, he's withholding aid, people you know are gonna be dying because of that you know it's like you then that point comes up it's like uh do you realize that the Obama administration gave nothing nothing uh in lethal aid to Ukraine? whereas the Trump administration administration has. And also, uh, what did you know the Obama administration do when – if they're so concerned about Russia, what did the Obama administration do when they went to the Crimea, when they annexed Crimea? They didn't do anything. What, oh, wait a minute. Um, they gave them See blankets
6: on. and MREs <laughs> to fight Russia.
2: Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Oh, but they give them food and blankets. Okay, well, you know what? You know what? Try stopping a bullet or blowing up a tank with a blanket. You know, <laughs> it's like what the heck. <laughs> um, and, then, and then also you have, you know, when they are talking about the Polish the Poland Missile Shield versus uh, Russia, you know, back when Obama administration and he on a hot mic is like, well, this is my last election, so let's wait till you know after the election because I'll have more flexibility then. You know, on, on what he could do. And then, of course, you had the Russian reset. It's like if the Democrats are so concerned about the Russians,
3: you know, then and, and, Ukraine, and the Ukraine well-being, then why didn't they do anything then? And how did Obama know he was going to get reelected? <laughs> well, There's yeah, that's true, else. too. I
2: mean, you know. We he, he was afraid he wouldn't get reelected. as it is, you know, people knew that he was like, oh, you know, let's just wait to see
3: what happens here. Yeah, you know, that, that's why you had to you know, be careful. Hey, what what have you guys heard about the? Uh, I guess we're discussing it now, but
10: the uh, I mean, what what sources have you? Heard? got this from, that Hunter Biden was being investigated by the Ukraine, and then our Secretary of State Department basically said, um, basically said, you stop the investigation, and we're not going to give you this money. I mean, are they bringing this out in the hearing, too?
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, well, well,
2: there's, yeah, there's some tra- who are stating that you know, you know. Hey, what you know? What's going on? You know, you, you've got Biden out there doing stuff, but how come, you know?
6: The six-hour delay. I'm going to be on a plane. We better stop this investigation. Well, you're not getting the money. You guys decide. Uh, you got six hours.
2: Right. Yeah. I'm looking. I'm. I'm leaving about six hours. And you know. Yeah. You're right. No one's really brought that up.
6: Actually, they did. They somebody brought it up, and they were wondering, and they used it to the effect of, okay, so there's a quid pro quo right there. And the Democrats were and should clarify by saying, well, the vice president did that for the benefit of Ukraine because there, you wanted to make sure that there was no corruption, and this um, prosecutor was corrupt, and so he was doing a good thing by getting rid of it. So the, the Republicans aren't using that as much because they really, I mean, yeah, they could push it, but it's really, you know, they're going with, he, these are the facts. There was a phone call, uh, an exchange of words. There was no um, actual mention of the word quid pro quo, but then Mulvaney did did so in a press conference and said, yes, it was. So now, you know, the Republicans are defending it as far as what you were saying, Robert, with the whole Yes, it was, and presidents do it, and people do it all the time. The president, you know, he did it, was doing it for leverage in order to help clean up Ukraine, help the president uh, clean up Ukraine, and so what's the big deal? We do it all the time, uh, exchange services, that's a a form of pro quo and just like you were saying, and so so at least the Republicans are picking up on these little cues and, you know, not spinning it, but saying what it is and what presidents do.
10: <laughs> so it looks like the Republicans are countering with their own quasi-investigation in the House.
3: Yes.
11: Or
10: and I, think I
6: sent you a clip, Robert. Um, since the chat room isn't open, I had texted to you, because this is really a good uh, Michael Turner questioning Goodman and uh, Williams, the, the woman. Uh five-minute clip. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't send the link, but because um, I couldn't get it to come up on my phone to send it to you. But I didn't the name of the clip to look up on YouTube. Um, uh,
10: sorry if I seem a little dense tonight. I've just been working on other things in very late in the morning for election integrity. But uh, yeah, it's, it's the whole thing. How what, in six months when we look back, what do you guys think we're going to see?
2: In six months from now? Yeah. Oh well, I think in six months, let's see, let me hold on a second. Um it is now November, December, December, December and in May of May. next year. Uh well yeah. I think that um I think I think I I think this will all be over by May. I, I think. Well, I think in April. I think by in April they're going to have the. Tr- eh, maybe not May. I say by June. I say by June. This is all going to be. This this should all be done. And then in July mm-hmm. the Democrats will start saying, "Oh my gosh, we got an impeached president. How can you vote for an impeached president?" You know that. That's what I think.
10: Well, so you think the results are going to be? He, do you think he's going to get impeached or not in the House?
2: Well, he's going to get you – know, yeah, he's going to get – I think he'll get impeached in the House, but I don't think the Senate's going to convict. I'd be – I mean I know there's some saying that there's indications that they, they might not do it, um, but I still think they will because, I mean, I think it's too much in there. what they believe at least is their benefit to have him impeached where – because here's the thing. If they don't impeach, you're just going to have a bunch of bag on their face, and a lot of people say, look at all the time and money you wasted when you could have gotten the people's work done. Um so I think you are gonna stick through the guns and do it regardless of of where this uh this hearing comes. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, they had to know these people, you know. Well, you know, <clears throat> we're gonna say what you know you know, what, what came out, you know, with with the questioning, but I, I don't I don't really well you know, that that's the, what I think uh, on that.
10: Well one of the things that they risk is if they call for an impeachment vote and they don't get enough Democrats to vote for it. That is a massive egg on their face.
2: Oh, that's true, too. Do you, you
10: think there'll the be Senate. enough
2: Democrats to vote no?
10: Well, there's been um, – I mean, I'm, I'm only catching here and there little bits of this. I mean I get on my cell phone a, a notification in the email like several times a day, this and that impeachment, that and this and impeachment. I'm like, gosh, yuck. But, my gut feeling is oh, i well, there were a couple Democrats hinting you need to stop this, and we're not gonna vote impeachment, but that's only a couple Pelosi didn't want to uh go forward with this, but now she's she's i you know under pressure of her peers of course she's doing it so um
2: well and I don't and, know. And, what? and uh well yeah and 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 uh chef, i mean he. I mean, he pretty much, to my understanding, convinced her that he could get the thing done.
9: Can I jump in
2: yeah, yeah think he can
9: get the results? Is it possible that, like you were talking about the last few weeks, Robert, that this stuff is going to just continue and continue and continue into the next year, and here's partly what I'm thinking why it will continue in that regard is we have a a fight for king of the hill. We have the long arm of the, you know, robber baron captains of industry using IT right now to water down the rule of law. And like I mentioned a number of other uh, shows back, too, remember, we have the squad of four that represent the Shia Law people. All of these people are also doing their little king of the hill maneuver in order to um, migrate into our country and take over different populations. And there, we got over 2,000 mosques in America now. And each of those communities... Little by little, they're getting their tribunal rights to have their own individual courts, just like the Indian tribes and whatnot, so they can, among their people, they can try their own, you know, decisions for all these different infractions or whatever. Okay. Now, if if enough of the people like right now, let's just say for, um, to try to put some more meat on these bones, let's say that... In, Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi and a lot of these other Republicans that are just kind of going with the flow are all a part of the globalist-minded, you know, New World Order group. They like to exclusively govern all. And then Trump is more of a nationalist. He hey, no, we got to protect Americans' rights and the Constitution and blah blah this and that. But then you have the Sharia law people manipulating the Democrats and the globalist-minded. Um, Republicans in order to let them do the fighting on their behalf and so gives them an opportunity to set up inside America (laughs) all these different mosques and and tribunals and a number of years ago about two or three I think it was there was some people that were doing research on the resettlements that were going on and a lot of the people with They found out in those resettlements that there's about 40 different encampments throughout the 48 contiguous states in the United States where these um, Sharia law groups are actually doing training and they're almost no-go zones for um, police enforcement and stuff. So if you look at it from that standpoint, and, you know, I'm still struggling to try to confirm everything I I hear and see and whatnot. And so – from that standpoint, we're all just got different factions that's playing king of the Hill, and one group is trying to manipulate the other group in order to let them do the fighting for them so that way when it gets down to a certain point when there's a revolt and the people in the in the streets and whatnot get to the point where you know they aren't able to maintain they start stealing and you know pillaging from each other, then the strong arm of the Sharia law people that's willing to cut off your head rises up and takes over. And remember, all of this IT stuff and all of the um, technology companies, even small businesses, All of them are working with the government on these special programs to filter all of their data mining back to these fusion centers in order for them to have these databases going back to the Utah data center and all of the groups that have access to that and all of the different companies that are getting this one world or, you know, global minded, exclusive government minded mentality. Their psychology is, is when they look through all of you, all of us that are you know, putting in applications for a job or whatnot—they're just weeding you and me out. To think, from a national—you know—protect your rights as an individual citizen in America and stand up for the Constitution. You do not got—you're not going to have a job for a whole much a lot longer because they've already figured out how to dominate that. And the multinational corporations love that global governing mentality, and so therefore. If they continue to keep hiring those people, and then they continue to keep putting people in our government, like Vendeman and you know, like the people I was telling you about earlier, um, that are, you know, from George H. W. Bush's mentality, where they like that exclusive corporate global governing mentality, and then those people, continue to manipulate situations where all of the resources of money and stuff goes through our government to those people that think like them's hands and then they continue to build up all these ponds in order to they're kind of like uh, animatons what is that automatons you know they they're kind of coercive yeah autonomons
2: or something uh, yeah, I can't it's, see it's that. It's almost like Stockholm <laughs> Syndrome
9: because these people get kind of brainwashed into just Automaton, going with the Automatons, so that's what they're called. Yeah, exactly. And they get kind of brainwashed with just going with the flow and automatically assuming every p- person that shows up in a. In a uh, uniform of authority Automatically is right About everything they do And that's what part of the court system Or what this impeachment deal I believe is trying to manipulate The rule of law by Because most Americans aren't going to talk About this stuff like you guys and, And people like me And they're not going to spend the time Going through the constitution And trying to understand what's right and wrong About what's going on And then so when you or I or some of us Stand up and talk in some of these um, get-togethers, whether it be a town hall or you just happen to be down at the town square talking with people, they start thinking, man, you're a bit crazy. You're nuts because they don't get into it like you. But the trial lawyers and all of these high affluent attorneys that work on behalf of these multinational corporations and the government entities that like that exclusive governing part, they understand it and they are going to maintain their control. But anyway, that's that's just a lot of food for thought. So I mean, it's hard to put all this stuff in a concise way that everybody can digest it, and there's so much more to it that you guys probably know. Matter of fact, if you don't mind, I want to ask a question. I need some help from all of you guys. When you look in the, you might want to grab your Constitution, and here's here's another reason why I think possibly Trump can use this malicious prosecution. Standpoint that I brought forth a couple Weeks ago and um, Actually have this stuff turned around If we can actually get enough people To understand what the constitution Stands for and why we need to stand up And fight for it because In article 1 section 2 um, No section 3 Clause 7 I guess it says judgment In cases of impeachment Shall not extend further than To removal from office okay so impeachments all about removal from office and then you go to the const, um amendment 25 which is you know about here's amendment 25 section 1 in case of the removal of the president from office or of his death or resignation the vice president shall become president now when you look into section 4 it says, whenever the vice president and the majority of either the principal officers of the executive department or of such other body as Congress may by law provide, da, 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 if you're looking in your constitution and you're reading what I was just reading, if you read through that whole section four, is that saying that the vice president and one or the other, because it says, the vice president has to be a part of this. So if the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of the executive department or, I guess, the vice president of such other body as Congress may by law provide, transmit within four days to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office Thereupon, Congress shall decide to issue assembling within 48 hours for that purpose, blah, 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 and it takes two-thirds vote of both houses. That tells me right there, if they're not allowing the vice president to be party in actually presenting the affidavit to move on this, then they've already violated the Constitution. But I, I may be misreading that. And that's why I was wondering if anybody else was ever looking into that and had a different perspective of it. Because both places in Section 4 refers to the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of executive department or of such other body as Congress may by law provide. So it has well, to be real real, Hold president on, real, real quick. Going to...
2: real, John, real quick. Hold on, slow down. Well, you get going, man. Uh, real quick, because I, I am in some time and we get, you know, got something in chat here. Um, and, uh, making the natives restless uh, said, and, and I, I don't know what this was re- referring to, but uh, you know, what you were saying, um, says that is in the case of illness. And for those who are in the chat and you are listening to the show, um, in about 10 minutes, the, uh, audio in the chat, uh, is going to turn off. Now the show will be going on for approximately another hour after uh, the, uh, this portion of the show, the, uh, the first two hours, uh, is completed. So in about nine minutes, your audio is going to be shut off. Uh, the the show is still going to go on, but if you want to either listen to the remainder of the show or you uh, want to participate, uh, you'd need to give us a call at 347-945-7428 uh, to get into the show. Um, again, if you want to uh, join us, uh, at least listening uh, to the show uh, for the next uh, hour, uh, give us a call at 347 945 7428. Because if you do not, uh, you will lose the audio and won't be able to listen to the rest of the show. Now, of course, you'd be welcome to uh, use the link to get the podcast uh, that will be available later. Uh, so, you know, that would be available as well. And again, that's 347 945 7428. So, uh, that you know, that's the I guess the answer is that that is isn't the case of of illness the answer to answer the question there. Uh, now, one of the things yeah, that not,
9: that, uh, that can't be an answer, Robert, just very, well, I'm just well, giving you have the answer that someone said
2: in chat. I'm just giving well, me, you the me, answer. What's uh what uh you know making the natives restless in chat with uh, us, All
10: right. Hey, uh. Can I Robert, can I try to answer the question? Yeah,
2: no, go ahead, Kelly. And then I've got a an audio clip that uh so that uh, made me aware of, you know, some you know, some great questioning uh from no, you know, you what know, I think it was from Mike Turner, uh that she wants to go uh she wanted us to, to play. And so let's go ahead and uh Go ahead, Kelly, and then I want to play that. And, you know, we do have uh, some other callers, so great for calling in. If you'd like to actually uh, speak with us on the show, just push the one on your number dial and I get you in. Go ahead, Kelly.
10: Well, there's two parts to this uh, question. One is impeachment removal of office, and that's in the hands of the Senate. Article three the Senate shall have the sole power to trial impeachments. So, judgment, that means the trial in the Senate. If successful, then they cannot hold office. But later, if they've committed crimes, they are subject to criminal prosecution. So that's kind of the first thing. But this Amendment 25, Section 4, basically, um, it does start out by saying, whenever the vice president... So basically... The vice president has to be in on this attempt to remove the president by the mental – we'll just call it what's in today's activities would be – Trump is not mentally fit. So it says the vice, um, vice president has to do it too. So they need the House of Representatives, the vice president, and see what happens. So there's another approach um, – but basically, if the vice president says, "Hey, you're uh, you're not fit for duty," sends it to the, both houses. The president, uh, it, w- once the, it's received, yes, the vice president is immediately the president until the president writes a letter back that says, "No, I'm good. I can still um, I can still fulfill my duties," and so then he becomes president. But um, congressman can issue. Together again – I'm sorry. Congress can assemble again, but basically I have to go through the normal impeachment process uh, by two-thirds vote of both houses. Now, this is different.
2: And and real real quick, Kelly, uh, real real quick because of where we're at in the show. I do have to do that. Uh, We got about five minutes. Um, I do see that we do have a Skype caller who would like to get in the show. We will get you in. Uh, and the way we're going to do it, well, you know, we'll have Kelly finish off his comments, and then I will play that audio clip. And then what we'll do is we will bring our Skype caller in to, you know, make their comments, and you know, we'll we'll proceed with that. But again, with the way things work on the show, is do not uh, let your uh, phone disconnect because unfortunately, um, if you were to drop the call. Uh, after the next four minutes, uh, you would not be able to give us a call back um, to make sure things are charged and, and things of that nature. And so that's uh, how we'll uh, be moving forward, you know, at least for the next uh, you know, segment of the show. So go ahead, Kelly, finish that off. I'll play that audio, that, uh, Suzette so informed that uh, inform me about it, and then we'll get uh, our Skype caller in. Go ahead, Kelly.
10: So the vice president can issue a letter to both houses. um President Trump is crazy. He shouldn't be president. Immediately, the vice president becomes the president, and uh, the president can write a letter back saying, no, I'm fine. I'm good. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Well, then both houses have to meet, okay, and they have to determine by two-thirds vote of both houses. Oh, both – wait, two-thirds? In a normal impeachment process, you need just a simple majority in the House and then two-thirds in the Senate. This clause requires two-thirds vote of both houses. So this has been – I've heard of this before. I studied it, studied it. It's – I don't think it's going to happen. That's my end conclusion. I don't think they're, they're going to they're be able to do it. No, the
9: only reason I brought that up, Kelly, is I'm saying they are not even involving the vice president in the initial um, claims, accusations. So they've well, only violated the Constitution.
10: Right, right, right. Well, I've heard this a whole bunch of uh, some news clip I heard on the radio. A bunch of uh, psychologists have gotten together and they're teaming up. And yep, Trump is a crazy, insane, and he's unfit for office. Really? Well, is the vice president on board with this? Do you have two thirds of the House and two thirds of the Senate? Whoops. Yeah, that's. Uh, it's not going to happen. The Article Twenty Five of the Amendment Twenty Fifth Amendment. It's not going to happen. It's pretty much not going to happen. I mean unless Trump is absolutely, absolutely crazy and it can be proven.
9: No, but I, the reason I was bringing that up, I think Trump is allowing them the noose to hang themselves. He's waiting because next year he'll be in campaign mode even closer to the day of election. And if he starts dumping these malicious prosecution charges, and then he points out stuff like this of how they've actually violated the Constitution, his malicious prosecution charges actually get some basis of foundation to uphold his position. And now he makes the whole Democrat and all these Republicans that's been playing this charade
3: look like idiots. And he gets. A landslide well, vote. Well, what he could do is have Bob Barr
10: accumulate all the evidence of perjury before the Senate, before the House, perjury under oath, blah, blah, blah. He could turn it over to the grand jury. You have to have a grand jury indictment. He could, he could, he could getting, he, Trump could be getting all the evidence he needs to turn it over to Bob Barr, turn it over to the grand jury and a whole bunch of indictments for. People lying in Congress and falsifying evidence. Yeah, there could be a lot of people that are falling into walking into a trap and they may not even know it. Yeah, I
9: just couldn't figure That's it all great out point. myself. Even, I just wanted you guys' feedback to help you
2: know, me under, better understand. Thank you. Back to you, Rob. You're welcome. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get that uh, keyed up and then we're going to get um, Constantine in. Uh, it's been a while since we've uh, heard from him, but it is good to uh, bring him back in the show. But let's go ahead, and uh, I'm going to key that audio uh, for you see so, so that
3: we can get, uh, get that on. Give me a minute. I want to thank you
4: also for your service. Uh, your knowledge and expertise is incredibly important as we look to formulating policy uh, with both our allies and um, to try to counter uh, those who are not our allies. Um, I think we're all very concerned about a European policy and how it can thwart Russian aggression. Um, Ms. Williams, and you are responsible, as you said, as part of your portfolio, you advise the vice president about Ukraine, correct? Correct. Lieutenant Colonel Vittemann, you said you are the principal. In your opening, you say you are the principal advisor to the president on Ukraine, and you uh, coordinate U- U.S.-Ukraine policy, correct?
8: Uh, Congressman, I, in this um, statement I issued this morning, I, I probably eased that back. I took that off my do- job description that I have on my eval, but I certainly spent much more time advising the ambassador than I did the president. I but, it,
4: but your statement, as you submitted it and read it today, says, at the NSC, I am the principal advisor the National Security Advisor, and the President on Ukraine, correct?
8: That is not what I read into the transcript. That might have been what, what I had in there yesterday when I was drafting it, but I chose to ease back uh, on that language, even <laughs> though it was in my evaluation, just because I didn't want to but you wrote this, my role. you wrote what I just read. But, Congressman, what I'm saying is what I read into the, the record this morning uh, didn't say that. Okay. Noted. Um
4: because you know Ukraine, you know that we work through our allies and our multilateral relations and you know that the um, Ukraine is an aspiring member of the EU and NATO, right, Ms. Williams? Yes, that's correct. Lieutenant Colonel Vendemann? Yes, correct. And you know that probably that the EU and the NATO and NATO both have offices in the Ukraine and that we try to advance our policy with the EU and NATO. And you would agree that our Ambassador K Bailey Hutchinson and Ambassador Sondland would be responsible or advancing our policy interests with Ukraine at the EU and at NATO. Right, Ms. Williams?
7: I would say that certainly in terms of this specific relationship between NATO and Ukraine, that would would fall to Ambassador Hutchison and between the EU and Ukraine, uh to Ambassador Sonlin. But obviously we have an ambassador in Ukraine as well.
4: Right. Lieutenant Colonel Veneman, you would agree? I agree with uh Miss Williams. Great. Um now <clears throat> Lieutenant Colonel you said in your written statement that Mayor Rudolf Giuliani um, promoted false information that undermined the United States-Ukraine policy. Have you ever met Giuliani? Uh, just to be, again, accurate, I said false narrative just because uh, that's what I said in the record this morning. But okay. I have not met him. And so you've never had a conversation with him about Ukraine or been in a meeting where him, where, with him where he has spoken to others about Ukraine?
8: Uh, no, just what I saw him um, – uh, you know, his comments on TV. So news and reports. And news yes. And similarly, you've never met the president of the United States, right? That is correct.
4: So you've never advised the president of the United States on Ukraine? Uh,
8: I, I advised him indirectly. I made all his preparations for the calls. and. But you, you've
4: never spoken to the president of the United States and, and told him advice on Ukraine? That is correct. So on, in your written statement, you said, In May I attended the inauguration of President Zelensky as part of the president's delegation led by Secretary Perry. Following the visit, the members – of the delegation provided President Trump a debriefing. Well, that's not really accurate, right, because the members didn't, because you were a member, but you weren't in that meeting, were you? That is correct. Okay, so we'll just have a note there that 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 meeting occurred without you. Now, you do know that this impeachment inquiry is about the President of the United States, don't you? I do, Representative. Excellent. Now, you've said that you're responsible for coordinating U.S.-Ukrainian policy. Correct. Does the Secretary of State Pompeo report to you? He does not. Ambassador Volker? He does not. We coordinate. Ambassador of Ukraine, EU, NATO, Assistant Secretary for Europe, anyone
8: at DOD report to you with respect to your responsibilities of of coordinating U.S. policy with Ukraine? Congressman, at my level, I convene what's called a sub-policy coordinating committee. That's Deputy Assistant Secretary. I coordinate with – I chair those meetings. Does anybody need your approval in your role on Ukraine policy to formulate Ukraine policy? Do they seek your approval? According to the um, NSPM 4, the policy signed by the president. Uh, so he policy gets to be it. coordinated by the, he by the NSC, correct? Um,
4: we help Ms. Discuss- Williams, do you have any information that any person who has testified as part of this impeachment uh, inquiry, either in secret or in public, has either perjured themselves or lied to this committee?
7: I have not read the other testimonies. And so you I'm- do
4: not. Do you have any evidence, though, that they have perjured themselves or lied?
7: No, because I have not read them.
4: Lieutenant Colonel Vendeman. do you have any evidence that anyone who has testified before this committee in the impeachment inquiry has perjured themselves or lied to this committee?
8: Not that I'm
3: aware of. Thank you. I yield the fact. Uh, two things. Um, we are going to uh, go ahead and uh, yeah, open up another
2: call. Uh, so we are going to get Constantine in, and then I want to go back to you, Suzette. Because uh, I wanted to know if that was the uh, audio that you wanted me to uh, to play, if that was the, the question you wanted me to play, and then what your thoughts on that are. But let's go ahead and, at this point, bring in uh, Constantine. Uh, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
5: Hey, how are you guys doing? Can you hear me all right?
2: Yeah, I can hear you all right.
5: Okay. Um, hey, how's it going, guys? You're right. I'm just glad to hear hear you guys. I don't normally call in, but um, on occasion, since I uh, since I do have a degree in political science, and something comes up like this, I thought I might want to clarify, if I may.
2: Yeah, sure. Go ahead. You're up. The mic is yours, if we
5: Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, out out of respect to to the other speaker, I'm terrible with names. Don't 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 be offended, <laughs> but. Um, the, the the article that that he was referring to uh, really kind of it's uh, th- there's an article for the president and there's a, an article like this that applies to uh, the Supreme Court as they're individuals that that have a lot of individual power and, and it really refers to, to them either being physically incapable of completing their term with whatever's their whatever's wrong with them at the time but they're still alive or being incompetent now being incompetent would be like something that'd be diagnosable other than people just think you're goofy you know um, really really high standard for that and uh, you'll find that uh, over over history you know just for those people that are interested in it no one's ever been uh, impeached either by in the in the Supreme Court and of course obviously as president by those picture articles, because even though there isn't um, necessarily a, uh, like a, a trial, like the impeachment process is concerned, uh, it, it does constitute, you know, uh, some kind of legitimate other than political or, or reasons why you're going to remove that individual. And um, that's the reason why the, 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 the things that need to occur are a little bit different on that. Um, theoretically speaking, it would be just about imp- – it's just about impossible, though, to um, really impeach a sitting uh, Supreme Court justice because the, the wording in that is uh, really vague. Yeah, really vague. It says basically good – quote, unquote, good behavior. Well, I mean that could be just about anything. So I, you know, for those for those of you that had some question about it, I'm I'm not particularly ex- an expert on this specific thing that you brought up, but but you know I've studied about it. I am relatively familiar with it, so I'm I'm almost certain I'm right on that. So hope that helps.
2: Oh well, yeah, certainly. And as we do, as you recall, you know, line will keep your mic open for the you know remainder of the show as as long as you like to uh, stay on the program. But yeah, that is the audio. Uh, and was that the audio you wanted me to play? Is that uh, with uh, Turner and his questioning,
6: yes, that was it. He nailed it. One of the things to notice it, <laughs> as far as the uh, line of questioning and um, Lieutenant Colonel's goodman's responses, it appears that he wanted to make himself more to be some more important than he actually was, and by doing so, he could make statements. Like he did about um the President and Rudy Giuliani, and we thought of as a credible credible source of information because of his lieutenant colonel title, not only that, but his um naming himself as a principal <laughs> in in his uh in his department and so with that line of questioning, it exposed him. And uh, Mike Turner, Congressman Mike Turner, was asking, uh, well, you named yourself as a principal, and Bidman says, well, I, I decided to pull that back in my opening statement. He says, yes, but you submitted your opening statement, and it says it right here. You didn't remove it. You just didn't say it uh, when you began when we began the hearing today. And so he wanted it on the record, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Bidman, as far as, that he was a principal, even though he wasn't, but he wanted it on record, so it was submitted as such. And not that it's a big deal, but when you have a lot of people like that working and talking behind the scenes, it's easy to conspire and then feed off of each other uh, and believing things that aren't there. (laughs) But because they're each thought of as credible sources and they can use that uh, to go to the press with, Uh, so they built this case out out in the press that is non-existent, and and not only that, but the two of those witnesses, Ms. Williams and Bidman, had con- contradicting um, takeaways from the July 25th phone call, which was interesting. He thought of it as the president demanding from the uh, from Ukraine president to investigate, whereas Ms. Williams didn't. Bidman, thought it was. So concerning that he took it to their to his uh, attorney, to the and she didn't she didn't go running to the attorney. Oh my gosh, I just heard over the phone call, President did this or that. She thought it was kind of quirky. Yeah, she didn't really make a big deal out of it, but um, she just kind of went with it. He's the president, but not Goodman. I'm going to find something wrong. This is wrong, <laughs> and he's got nothing to back it up with. So we have a whole lot of people. Are pretending to be something that they're not, and by doing so they pose. And so it just really frustrates me when they do that because he had no firsthand knowledge, but he wanted to make himself appear as though he wasn't important enough to listen to me and what I thought was going on. Anyway, that was my takeaway from it. Anybody else?
2: Well, and that's uh, and, well. Oh, real quick, and and, and then we'll bring uh, you know the others in on that is. I mean the whole the whole thing's been like that. The whole thing is, oh my gosh, he didn't take my you know you know they think they should be the one <laughs> creating the policy and, the, and so they're all just upset that he didn't you know do things in line with 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 how they think it should be done. I mean that's kind of the problem with the bureaucrats surrounding our president is you know you had and so maybe even some in the past you know more so than now maybe is even his cabinet, you know who think that you know they know better. You know, because he didn't listen to them, that they want to get back to them, and not and just kind of like the political class at all, who like hate Trump. They don't believe he deserves to be the president because he didn't go through the same channels that they did uh, mm-hmm. to get the the political power that they have. And he
6: doesn't do things the way they they've always done them, and that's the good. That's a good thing. But just because he doesn't do things the way they've always done have done them, doesn't mean they're wrong. And and maybe a good thing, maybe a good thing for a change, <laughs> shake things up as long as it's within his powers
7: and the law.
5: Yeah, that's interesting. Can I touch in on that something? No, yeah, go ahead. Well, um, okay. Here's here's the thing that what I know about ambassadors and and kind of the way uh, and people that are in the position of this this particular gentleman. I just say gentleman as uh, a general term here um generally speaking when you're, when you're working for an ambassador or something like that it's, to, um, it's not necessarily that these people are incredibly important but but they work in a, an autonomous way as a representative of the president assuming that for some reason especially when you're talking about ambassadors in the old days like the 1800s you know you can talk about weeks sometimes even months before you know they can reply back and everything. so to some degree Yes, they do have um, a degree of say-so as a voice as per the president, but I would agree with what what the lady said and very astute of her to notice this and pick up on this because I think some people probably wouldn't. Good catch on that, you know, because what they do is, yeah, sure, they're allowed to kind of work, you know, uh, in their own place cause it, because this kind of position has authority that's delegated, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you know, you have, you're an upper level uh, member of the cabinet as far as the United States is concerned or, or designers or policies concerned. This is basically what they do is they, you know, occasionally they do re- they do reports over the kind of work and kind of uh, things that they step in and deal with in, in regard for the, Administration's policies and say, well, is he still doing what you know we would normally do? And if they're not, they're going to be removed from the position, you know. And generally speaking, it's as a rule um, to get this kind of job, it's kind of hard. The thing is, is for somebody just to do like he did. Uh, I don't know, like like, like uh, so a younger person say, pretty cheesy, man. Uh, yeah. it, it's uh, and uh, and shading on deceptive. So, um, bravo, good catch. I, I'm, I'm impressed because not everybody is going to know that about this kind of person's position, and I think that's why the congressman pointed that out because most people probably wouldn't know that. Anyway, back mm-hmm. to you guys.
6: He wants to pretend he has some type of authority that he doesn't. He's, he's an underling. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and, and they're all underlings. I mean, that's kind of the point. They're all, you know, upset that they. <laughs> He didn't him. Uh and, No, I got another uh, like a clip we'll get to. Well, actually, there's an article I've been wanting to get to. And, again, this can be found on the website at com, And this, uh, you know, it's in the newsroom page. And uh, and I'll get to that in a moment. Was there uh, either yourself, John, or Kelly? Did you want to make any comment of that before I get to the article?
9: This sounds like the... Uh children are out there going no you can't do it that way Oh, yes i can no you got to do it the way i say it ought to be done no you can't they don't want to share in mutual assent where we all are equal and we all share in article four section two same privileges and immunities you know and they don't believe in article one section nine and ten no title of nobility so yeah it's just kids crying over who gets to make the decisions We all need to be making the decisions. That's the rule of law, not the rule of man. Back to you.
2: Uh, Kelly, would you like to make any comment on that before I move on to the article?
10: Well, it's just funny. You know, being a libertarian, you get to see both sides. Um, uh, You know, when Obama was – or Clinton, there was people uh, disputing this and that, birth certificate, blah, blah, blah. And the Republicans were full of accusations, and then the Democrats were saying, well, you know, you can't reverse an election. So here we are, Trump, 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 Russia, 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 sounds like the Brady Bunch, Marsha, 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 okay. And then you have all the blah, 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 this, that, other thing, Ukraine, da, 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 okay. The Democrats, what they were saying to the Republicans, it's time to come back. You can't reverse an election. I mean, yes, you have – if there's solid evidence, great. And we've held the president accountable. But otherwise, it's just like three year old olds fighting over candy.
2: Yeah, so what I got here is, uh, you know, a couple of, I don't know if we'll get to them all, but, you know, I knew we had plenty of material, maybe not enough time for saving. Yeah, and this is, uh, you know, our cool about It's about four day or old article, but it says uh, breaking, uh, so it's not really breaking anymore, but Dems caught omitting pro-Trump evidence from new impeachment transcripts, Uh, and this says on Saturday, Democratic uh, Lead House Intelligence Committee, boy, that's an oxymoron, anyway, released parts of the transcript of National Security Council uh, official Tim Morrison and purposely left out key information to continue their anti-Trump witch hunt. Uh, the House Democrats purposely waited until Saturday to release the transcript because they knew it made President Trump look good. And even when they did release it, they supposedly left out key information. Uh, first uh, first uh, committee withheld the transcript since October 31st, only releasing it after the first public hearing began last week. Morrison's testimony was rumored to be very good for President Donald Trump's defense. Representative Mark Meadows, Republican North Carolina, had described Democrats in the room during the closed-door hearing as sucking lemons, and Republicans would have had made good use of it had they had this transcript available, but it was not provided. In the interim, Democrats had sole possession of the document. Schiff does not allow copies of the transcripts to be released by, uh, to Republicans either in paper or electronic form. If they want to read the transcripts, they must do so one by one in the presence of a Democrat committee staffer. Not only is the rule humiliating, but it also allows Democrats to control the flow of information and to prepare their public argument with no fear of timely Republican rebuttal. In the Morrison case, Democrats released uh, key excerpts uh, that highlighted the few facts in the testimony that they believe helped push the case for impeachment. Uh, chief among these is that Morrison confirmed that he had heard U.S. ambassador to the EU, Gordon Sutherland, claim that he told a Ukrainian official in private, in a private sidebar meeting that aid would be released if Ukrainian prosecutor general would publicly announce an investigation into Burisma. But that's just hearsay evidence, as is Morrison's con- uh, confirmation of charged affairs. William Taylor's testimony – I'll repeat it in public last week, that Soland after speaking to President Trump, there was no quid pro, pro quo, but President Zelensky must announce the opening of the investigations, and he should want to do it. Since Schiff supposedly left out key quotes from Morrison that made President Trump look good. It says, I was not concerned with anything illegal, was discussed, Morrison said, while talking about the July 25th phone call between President Trump and Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Uh, This quote does not even show up in Democrats' key experts document. Uh, Once the – one of the concerns, and there may be overlap between the two concerns you mentioned about the call – oh, wait a minute. Oh, no, this is a transcript. I apologize. It was blocked out by an ad. I hate these ads. It says, here's the chairman. Okay, I just wanted to follow up on this a bit. One of the concerns, and there may be an overlap between the two concerns you mentioned about the call and if the call became public. First, you said you were concerned how it would play out in Washington's polarized environment, and second, how a leak would affect bipartisan support for our Ukrainian partners. Uh, were those concerns related to the fact that president asked Ukrainian counterpart to look into the investigation uh, – to investigate the Bidens? Mr. Morrison, no, not specifically. The chairman, so you didn't think that the president of the United States asking his counterpart to conduct an investigation into a potential opponent in the 2020 election might influence bipartisan support in Congress? Mr. Morrison, no. And you weren't concerned that the president bringing up one of his political opponents in the presidential election and asking a favor with respect to the DNC server or 2016 theory. You weren't concerned that those things would cause people to believe that the president was asking his counterpart to conduct an investigation that might influence his reelection. Mr. Morrison, no. The chairman, the chairman that never occurred to you? Mr. Morrison, no. Did you recognize during, as you listened to the call, that if Ukraine were to conduct these investigations, it, uh, that it would incur uh, – yeah, and err the president's political interests? Mr. Morrison, no. <laughs> it says Morrison contradicted Lieutenant Colonel uh, Alexander Vinman, the Democrat star witness. How come they're all star witnesses? But anyway, the star witness in the closed-door hearings, who he reported to Morrison directly. Morrison testified that while he admitted his subordination – his subordinates' patriotism, he was irritated that Vidman failed to report concerns about the call directly to him. He said Vidman never raised concerns that something illegal had happened. He also said he accepted all of Vidman's proposed edits to the call record, contrary to Vidman's testimony. And while he did not think that Vidman was a leaker, he testified, I had concerns – that we heard this earlier um, – uh, tonight, so that's pretty much the uh, you know the end of the article. So again, you know that's something where it's like, yeah, you're not going to hear too much about that because it's not fitting into uh, their narrative. And again, I, we, I know we did hear uh, about that um,
3: during one of the the audio clips that I played. And let's see. Now, before I go on to uh, you know some more of our audio that we
2: have for tonight, is there any anyone would like to uh, you know add to that or or make a comment or respond to that?
5: You know, the one of the things where you were saying where uh, there are all, all stars kind of reminds me of something I put in the chat room. Everyone is beautiful in their own way, referring to Ray Stevens songs. But I remember my <laughs> grandmother used to have this old saying that that um, uh, well, God just makes us all in our own uniqueness. You know, instead of saying. He crazy. But, you know, uh, <laughs> for those of you that are listening out there, I mean, just just to kind of I, I, most people don't really get that political science, what it really is. It, it's kind of like about a quarter under a uh, study of the law and about three quarters uh, history is what it is, basically. So you kind of like look back into stuff. But I just wanted for those of you that are wringing their hands a little concerned about about this uh, impeachment. An interesting fact is just this just a. Uh, since 1900, this is the seventh time that there's a, at least been a vote to impeach a Republican sitting president mm-hmm. by, by Democrats. And I, I'm just telling you just from the way that this process worked, there's little to no chance whatsoever that the president is going to end up being impeached because the Senate is controlled by Republicans for those of you that are concerned about, it. I mean, I understand getting concerned all of the, the minutia and getting angry and talking about the points of this case are all, are all interesting, but it, unless, you know, he just starts to sing, you know, launch, launch codes and they can prove it or something like that. The president is not going to be impeached. I hope yeah. that helps guys. I appreciate you letting me call oh, in.
2: Oh no. Anytime. And, and I, and, and I agree with that. I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not that concerned about him being impeached. I, you know, I think my purpose here is, you know, to illustrate, you know, just how much of <laughs> how much of farce it is, even with their so-called star witnesses, that that they just don't have anything, that they're grasping at straws. Because you are, I mean, you do have a fair amount of people out there, who, I mean, and I'm just going off of you know social media to be honest, but you know, with with Twitter and everything. Uh, but there are still a fair amount of people out there. Who do one? They, they believe Trump is actually going to get, uh, you know, impeached, which anybody in the House but he's not going to get convicted in Senate, or those who actually think that you know Trump is really doing what the media is telling them. Now, now, remember earlier tonight we we did have an audio, and I believe I did play it, or, or I I've seen it when I was doing show prep, but they did where he's like, look, you know, right now you've got Schiff saying that you know your testimony saying. Trump should be impeached for this, and you got CNN who is stating, "Oh well, but you know this testimony uh, is saying that Trump should be impeached because you know because of this." And you know, we heard that later on tonight. But there, there's people who are watching the alphabet, you know, the alphabet news channels, and, and really think that you know, oh my gosh, Trump's a, Trump's a traitor, and oh, he's he's so corrupt. It's like there's a ton of people who believe that, and and my my purpose is. Is not because I think, oh my gosh, Trump's going to get elected, not elected, Trump's going to get impeached. Is that there's a ton of people out there who really think that, you know, what the media, what the Democrats are trying to spout out is, is the truth. And, and they really don't, because, all, and remember, all they're getting, I mean, the, the audio clips we're playing tonight and the articles that have been read here and what you guys have brought up, I bet a lot of folks who, who just watch the Alphabet News channels, they probably haven't heard any of that. They have probably only seen the snippets. No, if they actually were people who stayed all at home, you know, and and watched it. But then, of course, I I mean, I the clips that they had out there for the Democrats, uh, you know, the, the Democrats are getting like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong for anyone who's watched it more than I, I guess, but I mean, at least from the the videos that I've been you know, going sifting through is. The, there were like th- there were like thirty minute videos or audio or video where the Democrats were doing, you know, their questioning. It's like so the Republicans get like five minutes here, five minutes there, and then the Democrats get like a half an hour. <laughs> you know, so the, the people are seeing more of the Democrat side certainly, <laughs> you know, than the well, than the Republicans.
6: Here's a bit of interesting news or tidbits. Uh, Ambassador Sunman, uh apparently has been boycotted, his hotels that he has, uh, by Representative Earl Blumenauer, Democrat. And he's organized groups of people to go to his hotels and boycotts where the guests have to maneuver themselves around these people to be able to go in and out. I mean, they're blocking the front ways, and uh, that was kind of why someone wanted to to, uh, get this done as quickly as possible because he needed to get back to work. And tend to these things. But uh, so as a a, um, form of intimidation, you will say these things, and nothing positive about Trump, President Trump, and only these negative things to give the appearance uh, that the president is, you know, this vile, orange man who is, you know, blowing up democracy. (laughs) Um, And so he got called on it, and it almost looked like he was relieved uh, when he was called, and they did mention the fact that the representative Blumenauer from Oregon uh, was doing this, and um, and he acknowledged, yes, that's what, that is exactly what's happening right now, <laughs> and you know it's causing him to lose business, and so that's pretty crappy. Uh, it did turn out that he um, he likes the president. He donated to his inauguration a million dollars um, to get tickets, to, you know, to be up front, and. Uh, he thought that there could be a good relationship between uh, Ukraine president and our president to work together uh, in that region. And um, so it finally came out, all these positive things towards the end of his testimony. And it was pretty, pretty neat because he kind of was looking over at the Democrats like, ah, oh, you guys got outed, what you're doing? Because he couldn't say anything. He couldn't say, these guys are intimidating me, boycotting my hotels, organizing these groups to, you know, intimidate my customers. And, just so that I won't say anything, uh, and that would shed light on President Trump. <laughs> Isn't that interesting?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, and in, in, they've been trying to do this. I mean, not, I think that's another thing that you know, American people, when it comes to voting time, uh, the, when, the see. And, and that's my thing. I mean, my thing is, I mean, do I really – I mean, I'm, at this point, I'm, I feel like I'm in a comfortable spot in a way. Uh, because I, I don't think the Democrats have anyone uh, that could defeat Trump in 2020. I mean, I'm pretty confident in that right now. I mean, I mean, and if that was the case, why would you have all these other people jumping in uh, into the race? <laughs> you know, if, the, if they were confident about the uh, the Democrat field. So I'm not, you know, worried about that. But you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, and, and there sure, are still, but the again, of the
6: House of Representatives, the, Robert. The fact that a House of Representatives. Well, yeah, that's true too. That's huge. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Wow <laughs> what a dream well yeah i mean
2: and i'll say that i've said I've said this before, and I'll say this again, is that what happened in two thousand and eighteen and at least my analysis of it is what happened in two thousand and eighteen is localism, and what I mean by that is that not my guy, not my gal, so they'll go and they'll see the democrat and that that happened in my in local politics, that happens here. In city politics, you know, not my guy, you know, or not my gal, whichever. Uh, but anyway, is that so? They know that the Democrats, you know, and how they are with, you know, with opposing Trump, but not my guy, not my gal. And they probably didn't even do research to see if their guy or their gal, uh, you know, uh, agreed and, you know, voted, you know, with Trump. Where, uh, and I thought that ironic. I'm like, well, what's the explanation? Of all these districts that voted Trump and then turn around and voted for the Democrat just you know two years later, I mean, what is that? You know, what would what cause something like that? But I mean, it's not my guyism, not my galism. Oh you know, everybody, all the other Democrats suck, and so I'm going to vote for Trump, but my Democrat doesn't suck. You know, not realizing that yeah, my voting, me, me voting in the Democrat is just increasing their numbers, and they're all going to. You know, stand together. Because think about it. You know, any the the, the powers that be, like the, the Nancy Pelosi's, and you know, are going to say, "Look, you're you're here now."
3: Oh man, looks like we lost. Um. Oh, uh, looks looks like we lost. Uh.
6: Oh
1: man,
2: where's yep? We did. We lost. Uh, we lost him. Yep. Yep. We lost Constantine. Um.
6: You know, they they got Roger Stone for intimidating witnesses, he's going to be going to jail. I would consider what this representative, this Democrat representative, is doing and has done to uh, Ambassador um, Sunland. I would consider that witness, witness-tempering <laughs> by intimidating him, using his business against him. Wouldn't you?
3: At uh, least intimidation. Uh, uh, because... Well, and that, that's one of the things that kind of Remember
2: when that lady was on? Uh, y- Yvonne a bitch, a bitch, um was on, and you know I find it ironic how you have Schiff up there and saying, you know, Trump's trying to, you know, by Trump, you know, talking about her, you know, you know, you know her, her job performance. He's he's doing voter. I mean, he's doing witness intimidation, and of course the media was pushing that too. And I'm thinking. In the same breath, you guys are saying how brave she is, how she has a spine of steel, but yet she's going to be intimidated because, you know, Trump is, you know, critiquing her work. I mean, if she's got such mm-hmm. a spine of steel, a, a, a spine—I <laughs> don't know—spine and steel, a, a spine of steel, and being intimidated just doesn't seem to, to mesh.
1: You know, it's I mean, so you're be—if you've
2: got a spine of steel, how are you going to be intimidated?
6: <laughs> exactly. He, well, he hurt her feelings. That made her, you know, feel terrible, awful. How could he say that? The president of the United States.
3: <laughs> he hurt my feelings. Well,
2: it's, oh yeah, but all the horrible things to say about about him and his family, you know, and mm-hmm. and you know, if, if you know, and here's the thing is as, as we heard tonight, she's still employed with the State Department. She, she does, just She's, she's just not she wanting to
11: go to work.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, it's it's like she's still working. It's not like she got fired.
2: Yeah. You know, Probably. it's like
3: she she just she got off to her rep- she's still working.
6: She got she to got choose a where government she wanted to work. They gave her, her her new post and they asked her how she liked it and she liked it very much. So <laughs> that didn't make any sense why she was
2: there. <laughs> yeah, so it's not like she's being punished. It's just like look, you know I mean, you're not working to me as, as I want my ambassadors to do. So, I'm going to put somebody else in there. You know, and and you know what? Even the media admitted this. And one reason why, or one of the biggest reasons why they had her up there is during her disposition, or whatever they call it, she cried. And so they wanted to put her on the I don't think she cried during her her testimony, but they made a big hoopla about, oh, she cried. And even the media was admitting that, you know, she's going to, you know, they're just trying to garner sympathy for this lady because she cried during her disposition or dispensation or whatever the hell they call it and I'm getting late here but anyway you know And so it's, it's, that's one thing it's all political theater that's all this is you know that that's what we're that's what we're witnessing
3: you know and, and what uh you know, <clears throat> you know we've
2: heard tonight is that – you know it's, it's I, I again i just think it's all made up
3: yeah, it I may mean, be even political the theater. List. It may be political theater, Rob, but I think it also
9: is impacting the psychology of of the masses
3: in the in a negative way. Exactly. Oh, I I, I I agree with that fully. I agree with that fully. No, certainly. I mean, there's people out there who I mean,
2: I mean. I've I have never seen so much. I mean, even Bush. I thought it was bad with with President Bush. You know, when people are trying to keep, you know uh, connect him, you know, and compare him, I should say, to uh, Hitler. You know, I mean, but of course, I think they do that with every. Well, you know, president. I mean, as he's um, he stated earlier, you know, they they've tried to impeach every president. I think the last seven <laughs> Republican presidents they've tried to impeach or something like that. Um, So, you know, I mean, it's nothing different, but I mean, but but the hatred I think they're trying to instill in people on this guy, that's where I think the difference is. I mean, it's not that they only want people to, you know, dislike Trump, or, but they, I mean, I think they really, literally are trying to get people to to hate him, and then in turn, they hate the people who support him. Yeah, to
9: use, I mean, critical thinking in order to understand the double speak kind of like what you guys were talking about earlier or we touched on it anyway you know whenever they're up there talking and they're saying oh you know we're trying you know or i should say uh, president obama is trying to stomp out corruption well what kind of corruption if you're a uh, communist in hiding well, corruption to you is a word that sounds great to all of us out here, but he's actually trying to stop, you know, Americans from actually being able to exercise their uh, rights, you know, under the Constitution. But they say, and it works the same way whether it be a Marxist or, or a, you know, one of them people that like the Sharia law type stuff. They do the same trick. It's like, hey, we're stopping corruption. You know, like Turkey that, um, or Erdogan. You know, he's like, we're fighting corruption. Well, gee whiz. Then you got you're killing all the um, allies of the Americans that are Kurds out there that were you know Western allies that are more aligned with the the constitutional republic mentality. Where Erdogan he pretty much backs. All those different corrupt, you know, what is it? Muslim Brotherhood and Hezbollah and whatnot. So naturally, when he says, "Oh, we're fighting corruption," it means something different. You see what I mean? So that doublespeak talk, man, is what we got to be careful to look at too. Because I think a lot of these uh, Democrats and and establishment Republicans that's going along with this charade and not really putting their foot down. And I'm just, I just keep hoping and praying that. Trump's just letting them continue to bait the hook, and he's going to slam the hammer next in the next, you know, the early part of next year, and really take them to task. But I am concerned a lot of this double top stuff is baiting people into believing, you know, some of this hype nonsense that the Republicans are saying because they're always saying, oh, we're trying to stop Trump from corrupt- doing his corruption. When they're actually the one that's saying, oh, it's okay for Biden to stop a prosecutor because, you know, we don't we don't want him to stop the corruption we're doing, but we want the public to think we're stopping corruption, so we're going to blame the prosecutor as the one being corrupt. So that was a good thing that Biden did to stop that corrupt prosecutor in in Ukraine. You see what I
2: mean? Back to you. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, we got about uh,
3: – Hey, Robert –
2: about ten minutes. Yeah, go ahead, and then, then we got a. I, I got a, a, an important update uh, of a new scandal uh, that's out there, uh, revolving around uh, a, a congressman that I want to uh, that, that I want to reveal uh, on uh, on the show. It's not. I mean, I'm not. It's not breaking news, and I'm not making it. It's just something I've discovered. Go ahead, Kelly.
10: Well, we're going to hear a lot of quid pro quo, that phrase back and forth with this whole Ukraine. All right, just something funny. It's just hilarious, okay? Came across this the other day. You know, if your kids work with Legos, my son loves Legos. Well, here we have (laughs) – it's called Build the Wall, 101 wall pieces made out of Legos. And on the front cover it says M A G A up in the corner. You know, like normally it normally says Lego up there in the corner. Ages five and plus. Build the wall starter kit, 101 pieces. And uh, it's called KeepinBear.com. You can probably buy it there. But you, there's a with Legos always comes these figurines. You know, like if you buy the Star Wars Legos, there's Luke Skywalker and right, Darth Vader right, and mm-hmm. okay. All these so there's two figurines that come with this. One of them is a construction guy in a suit the hard hat on it says make america great again. Oh wait. The face looks just like Trump's. It's funny. <laughs> Not just like, but you can tell it's it's trying to be Trump on a little Lego head. And then you've got in the background, you've got a uh uh looks like a Mexican who's trying to get across the border.
9: <laughs> it's
2: just so funny. <laughs> so
10: I I'll, I'll send some people by email. It's just funny. It's a nice Christmas gift. Yes. Teach your kids how to Oh roll. my gosh, I might
2: get that for myself. Well, and because we and because we have have limited time before, uh, you know, we have to take uh, closing comments and and then shut out the show. uh, There's a a new uh, new scandal coming out that I've got an audio clip uh, for, and I want. um, I'm not going to. I was debating on whether I want to say anything on it because I I didn't know whether I want to give any of it away. but this is, you know, kind of breaking uh, news, and we'll we'll let everyone be the judge of it. So let me get this keyed up.
8: That the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election.
3: Entire ecosystems are collapsing. How dare you! And now, my friends, is a breaking news, fart. What does it say? What did she say? Fart game. <laughs> no, there's
2: one. one of the, uh, there was a guy doing an interview, and he
1: farted
2: on the camera. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was dude. on MSNBC. Oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of this guy, but his, um, but he farted on on the camera. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. You didn't that was hear Eric
3: Swalwell.
6: <laughs> that was what Eric Swalwell, California.
0: Eric
2: Swalwell, California. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you
3: can see that
2: he was talking. It was hilarious. they was call it, were
6: it was, Yeah, they were saying it, was, uh, 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 it wasn't him. They were trying to cover for him. They had people writing articles and stuff like this about it. It's like, oh, okay, you guys are covering it up. And when you see the video, you actually kind of see him lift up and clinch.
2: <laughs> he's
6: like, oh, he's
2: <laughs> oh no! And actually, you can you can get that video. I do have that video. If you want to see it, uh, and she's right, go to www.BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com. com. Go to the uh, the Bar's Logic Newsroom, and go to the videos section. And then there's a lot of videos there. And then. Yeah, go go down there.
3: Um, it was uh, loud. Where it says view,
2: where, where it says view more, yeah, view, what, view more, and it says Greta reacts to fartgate. And here I thought they meant Greta because I have no idea whatever happened to her. But no, that was that one girl, Greta, I mm-hmm. guess, who's talked about climate change or whatever.
1: How so, dare you? <laughs>
2: yeah, how dare you? You know, it's like. You know, maybe she needs to go talk to talk to China. You know, I mean, they're a, a heck of a lot worse uh, than we are. But, but anyway, so we, I, it is a, it is that time of the night. Uh, I do really appreciate, uh, of course, everyone uh, coming to the show tonight. Um, you know, we will not again have a show uh, next Wednesday. I may, depending on my schedule, try to do a show next uh, Tuesday, maybe. Uh, you know, the special dish depending on, you, might, you know, scheduling and everything of that nature. Wednesday, of course, is the day before Thanksgiving, uh, and so let's be honest, folks. Who's going to want to be listening to uh, a podcast the night before Thanksgiving when everyone's going to be cooking, baking, or drinking? Uh, and so,
12: <laughs>
2: you know, That's a great time. Listening in the you background. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Who knows? Maybe I'll just – listen to me baking in the background. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> they're like, this is nothing's going on. It's just, it's just Bart's logic baking. There you go. Maybe that'll be the title of the show. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But um, yeah, so I mean, I may do one Tuesday, but if not, we'll do it. But uh, of course, we'll we'll have it the subsequent week. Uh, you know, and and hopefully we'll we'll be, get some more time to work with some more guests here. But it is that time where we got about. Uh, about eight minutes left, and then I'll have to close things out. Uh, so that's three. I think it's these first couple of minutes for closing comments. And we'll go with you, John, and then you, uh, Suzette, and then Kelly, and then I'll close things out for this evening. And, again, you know, uh, thanks for uh, listening to the show. And then, of course, you know, you know get the link. And if you can, uh, you know, email without the folks or put it on your Twitter or whatever your social medias are, it would really be appreciated uh to, to get the, the the episode out. And so let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you, John, and then again and then uh again, uh Susan Nikelli I'll closing out go ahead, John, your closing comments for this evening. Hey, hey,
9: everybody listening and definitely Remember to keep in touch with your congressman and your senator. Keep pushing that. It's at least it's something in their ear to keep them responsible. And try to anyway, as best we can, until we figure out a better answer. And we definitely want to, you know, expunge and all the sin, completely eliminate personal income taxes, personal property taxes. Sixteenth Amendment of the u s Constitution and to make sure all the legitimately legal United States American citizens have line item veto power to help start beating this thing back into shape one you know bill at a time or one line item at a time and so everybody have a happy you know thanksgiving and take care of yourself uh stay safe and see you back well <clears throat> whenever rob says we're gonna have, he's gonna have another show. Thank you so much. Back to you, Rob.
2: Thank you, John. I appreciate it. And you have a happy Thanksgiving yourself. Uh, and we'll go over to uh, you, I Go ahead. Uh,
6: yes. Uh, well, thank you for closing comments. I just wanted to make a mention. Uh, the uh, Patriot Act reauthorization is coming up. Their Congress is doing a CR, and they've included it with the CR. I don't know why, but they voted a temporary CR, which is a budget um, approval for until next month. And so it's a temporary one, which is good, which means we still have time. I've been calling up and down the directory. Call and tell your congressman to vote no on the reauthorization of the Patriot Act. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving, and be thankful for what you have, and don't think about what you don't have. Back to you,
2: Robert. Well, thank you very much, Lizzie, and always, you know, thank you for, you know, everyone coming to the show and participating, certainly. And yeah, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. And uh go ahead, Kelly, uh what's your thoughts for this evening?
10: Uh yeah, hey, go ahead and check your uh emails there. Uh Suzette and Robert, I just sent you the uh MAGA ball building toy. <laughs> and uh and we're to buy it, I guess twenty four, Amazon's trying to sell for forty nine bucks a pop. And uh if you buy a bunch of them they can get drop the price to twelve dollars a piece. <laughs> It's funny. Impeachment Jefferson scare rarely used and is like a scarecrow with no effect. Um, But if the Democrats think that they can probably cause a sweep in the election towards them with the uh, House, the Senate, and President in twenty twenty, well, good luck. I guess if there is evidence, well, you know the big question: What is our foreign policy? By the way, what is the foreign policy of Congress like? President authorized to uh, withhold military aid um, if uh, he wants something. You know, you do this for me; I'll do this for you. I, I'm scratching. My head. What is our foreign policy? And does it vary between? It's a very complicated thing. I just I'm already tired of hearing about impeachment stuff. I guess that's about it for me.
2: And yeah, that. Um... Yeah, I'm getting tired as well. I mean yeah that, but that's why we want to get the other side uh the to, to people and I've said it before, I mean I think that's what they're trying to do is wear us down, but uh we I do got you know, do have a little bit more time uh left than I thought. So I'm gonna take this opportunity to play one of my favorite audio clips. Um and one of the reasons why uh I do, you know, uh what I'm doing and why I support uh, President Trump and really feel uh, that we really need him uh, to be reelected. elected uh, because I think this is something that, you know, again, just like under Obama, uh, that the Democrats are going to fail to do. To
1: command
11: a space shuttle mission.
12: be here with you tonight. Thank you. From the moment the first pilgrims arrived on our shores, Americans have been asking, what's next? We are a nation built by the passion of people who weren't afraid to do something first, to step into the unknown, and to pave our own way forward. We are a nation of explorers. In 1961, President Kennedy issued a challenge to America to land a man on the moon and return him safely to Earth. And 47 years ago, on this very day, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin answered that call and they walked on the moon. and they took with them an American flag in a plaque bearing the inscription, Here, men from planet Earth, first set foot upon the moon, July 1969. We came in peace for all mankind. We landed on the moon to fulfill a leadership challenge and to explore. We know that exploration leads to invention, innovation, and discovery. For example, our successful robotic missions to Mars, Jupiter, and Pluto have provided valuable information about our own planet. But in 2011, the space shuttle program ended The last time the United States launched our own astronauts from our own soil was over five years ago. We must do better than that. Countries that are strong are countries that explore, invent, and discover to remain resilient in a changing world. I'm honored to have played a role in our nation's heritage of explorers as the first woman to command a space shuttle mission, joining the ranks of those that have fought to lead the way. Thanks. And we are all so proud of our Apollo program that put our astronauts on the moon, first in peace for all mankind. Nations that lead on the frontier lead in the world we need that visionary leadership again leadership that will inspire the next generation of explorers to have that same passion we need leadership that will ask Americans Americans will ask again what's next we need leadership that will make America's space program first again Yes. And we need leadership that will make America great again. I want to thank all of you. Thank you for what you're doing. God bless America.
2: These welcome from women in business for Trump. Remember, folks, if we don't do it, Someone else and another nation Will And I'll end tonight as I do every night and that is With this song by Aubrey Ashburn And uh, she might not be doing music as much anymore She's uh, actually in painting now And uh, I think you can find uh, Her paintings there on Facebook uh, Aubrey Ashburn but uh, thank you very much everyone For coming to the show have a great Thanksgiving We'll see you next time and good night mm-hmm.